Hello there, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Sith West. And here we go. We would be honored if you would join us. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. Avengers! Assemble. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Who is scruffy looking? Less. I wanna buckle up, baby. Carlos, smash you, King Tom. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? And of course, Randy. Change? Yeah. Big change. They got your weekend geek covered, and you—you're the set list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 345 of The Sithless. I'm your host, Roger Lachai, and my co-pilots this evening, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Mr. Carlos Buarguello, the man we call Crunch Crunch, Les Gonzalez. What's up, buddy? Not much. The king of all pods, Tom Chansky, King Tom, what is up? Hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Randy, you're looking sharp. Thank you. What's up, buddy? Hello, Sith listeners. Ooh. And last but not least. The man we call El Hombre. And that would be Eric Strathers. What's up, buddy? I always appreciate that, man. Mostly just because I love that, like, real stratty guitar tone. Of the, yeah, the, yeah. When the electric yeah, no guitar problem. comes in. It's, so it's on tasty. the soundboard now, man. Yeah, it's, it's on the soundboard. It's very good. It's very good. Thank you, man. How's everybody doing? Fantastic and great. Not a single complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's doing fantastic and great. I'm glad, guys. Thanks for tuning in to 345. I'm going to throw the shenanigans out there real quick before I... Really get into everybody's weekend and week. Um, check us out, sitless.com for all sitless stuff, including YouTube reaction and breakdown episodes, merch, and all of our episodes on our podcast. It's all there, sitless.com. Again, not syphilis, sitless.com. King Tom, how was your week and, I guess, and week? Yeah, it's been going pretty good. We're going on a... Um vacation on friday so at work you know i'm trying to get everything off my plate and done and i'm just waiting on people and this it's just feels like this week is the longest week in history of ever so uh, that, but yeah, other than that, that's you know trying to get stuff done and it's going pretty okay are you going to aruba no jamaica bahamas Come on, pretty mama. I uh, Key Largo. I quit, I quit the show if you're going to continue that. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he draws the line. No Kokomo. Out of, no out of all of that, Beach Boys song. Line. Everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah, no. Best best Beach Boys song to me, Sloop John B. Love that song. After Fantastic Kokomo. Song. Little Honda. Well, well Kokomo just stands on the, you know, the Mount Rushmore of 
right. just by itself. Stay it's somewhere. John. It's John Stamos's, you know, sculpture yeah. up there right. on drums. You know, is it all Tom Cruise also? Well, Cocktail was, but Stamos actually played in the band. He still does. He tours around with the Beach Boys, and then he like takes Instagram pictures and shit on them. I think Boo, you've seen them with. He still looks Stamos, good, right? doesn't he? I haven't seen the Beach Boys. Stamos. Yeah, yeah, John Stamos and, still looks. Yeah, it's him and Rob Below have made deals with the devil, bro. It's unle- it's sure. Illegal. And Paul yeah, Rudd. That's what I was gonna say. Paul Rudd. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Paul Rudd too. Yeah. Well, I can't believe we talked about Kokomo on the show. That's kind of cool. Cocktail. King Tom can't believe it either. Yeah, I can't. Believe he's pissed. <laughs> not I'm a big fan of. Not, not a big fan of the Kokomo King Tom. Not that song, no. No, it is pretty pretty awful, but it's catchy. It is, it is catchy. catchy. It's catchy it's as horrible. hell. It is. I mean, it's, it's so not. Song. It's so like we were the Beach Boys, and we want to go back to what we were, but we're this is completely opposite of what we are. But I think it was the number one song, one of their biggest songs ever, yes, and that's sad. Yeah. That's crazy. a sad it's case. Like one of the most soulless songs in the world. What's funny yeah. is that uh, travel agents at the time, back when people still use travel agents all the time, were saying mm-hmm. that they were getting so many requests for trips to there, and it's like, yeah, there's not. The Kokomo, like you think. Now, <laughs> what makes the song so bad for me is because there is a town called Kokomo in Indiana that is known for something terrible, and um, I <laughs> cannot disassociate that song from. Oh, it. and it's completely opposite of what Kokomo represents in the song. I would imagine. I wonder if any oh, travel agents no. booked people there. The Kokomo, Indiana. Yeah, that's what happened at the Fire Festival. That's funny. Gary. Indy, come on, pretty mama. Go to uh, yeah. Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana. Uh, oh, my God. What yeah. a great state. I've never been to Indiana. I had to do my fifth grade report on, my, on the state. It was Indiana. And I wrote Me, to too. Co- you did That's Indiana? Funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to write to research. the Chamber of Commerce. and uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had to, uh, what was it? I had to write, like, a letter to the Attorney General or something like that. Did did a big thing yeah. on the Indy 500. Yeah. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Well done. I got an okay. A on Does that this project. check out with you? I, I, I've been doing some research on Kokomo, Indiana. And mm-hmm. it turns out that it's uh, officially known, and I'm sure you probably already know this, um, as the city of first. Hmm. Does, that, does that check out with you? Maybe. I don't know. I kind of wish oh, I hadn't wow. brought up the whole negative part of it. It's yeah, like a super downer. Happen. What happened over there? It's coming. It's coming. Damn it. Do you want me to just tell you? I don't. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, people listening definitely that, yeah. want us to want you to just tell them. Right. What put him on the map was there was this kid named Ryan White who got AIDS. Oh, and oh yeah. Ryan White. Yes, they, yes, yes, yes. The whole town. Oh. The whole town. I'm putting it in quotes. I mean, they made this kid's life miserable because everybody right. was afraid and you know i remember all this whole thing and and forever the the town is like scarred by that being mm. their legacy if you live right there away, yeah i'm sorry i'm not this isn't a personal frontier town i'm just telling you what basically everybody who lived anywhere in the midwest thinks of anytime they hear that name of that town wow right that's and a name i haven't heard in so long yeah. was from there or something no no mm. I mean, well, I think it's just... also worth noting that uh, Elwood Haynes uh, test drove the first uh, one of the early internal combustion engines there in 19 or 1894. So I think that's probably what they're also known for. Well, I'm not going to take that as a tarnish about, off, David. Lipstick on a pig at this point, man. Oh, mm. <laughs> lipstick on a pig. 
Sorry. Oof. That'll make yeah. the rules. But the Ryan White situation was a massive deal back then. And I remember Oprah brought him out. Michael Jackson went uh. and visited him and he hung out with him. And it, that was a thing where, like, oh, my God, kids can get it. Holy crap. Yeah. So it brought a lot of awareness to the cause. But, yeah, that's unfortunate. That, yeah. I'm so, I wish I hadn't said anything now. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, Boo didn't know about Ryan White. I did not. See, but like I'm but he serious. Knew, but he knew about the Beach Boys song. That has <laughs> been like forever tied to that song for for me. Yeah, I did. I totally did not know that. Yeah. All right. Um, we're speaking of a uh, report. I mean, projects and stuff. So I got. Did you get an A on that one, Boo? Um, I I it was above a or it was like a B something. I think I didn't get an A. Did I tell no. you? Did I tell you the story? about my challenger um my challenger oral report that i had about the not the challenger the space shuttle not the i was gonna say the space shuttle or the car yeah, like, yeah, it's not the space shuttle. Out too good for challenger my friend oh no well i know it's not too to good it. for me either buddy yeah I know yeah so uh, it was a fifth grade not fifth grade this was a fourth grade i think the year before and uh miss tipple god bless her soul uh she was my teacher and I was giving a wonderful report on the space shuttle, and I had this amazing space shuttle. You know the things where you roll down the, you pull back on the wheels, and they take off, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is like I would say maybe four <laughs> years or three, four years after the Challenger. So I did this whole report. I was killing it. People were loving it. Had this like, it was just amazing. And at the end of it, like a stupid idiot that I am, I got that toy, and I said. It's so dumb. It's so horrible. I was a kid, people, okay? I said, and this is how it died. I ramped it up as hard as I can. I flung it off the table, smashed into another desk. All the kids start laughing. Mrs. Tipple took me and said, this was your grade. It was an A. And she crossed it off and gave me a C minus. Damn! I was like, wow. Hey, I was hey, like, hey, hey. She could have gave you an F and called. She could have. Took you to there the was principal's a, office. There was, a t <laughs> there was a teacher on there. Um Yes. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a stupid move. But I was in third grade, guys. I thought I thought I thought you were gonna put like a firecracker inside the space shuttle and light it and then blow it up in class. I thought <laughs> oh, if, I, really I, if I could, I would have. I oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I was like, did he just let you know off something, Raj? I'm beginning to think that's the reason why you got Lionbot instead of Voltron because <laughs> your parents were helping you with like they were spending money on real projects for you. Dude. They were put a lot into your education. So yeah, Lionbot, you'll just have to take it, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that might have been the reason. They got you like and here's a replica here, of the Challenger the, shuttle. No, just, <laughs> here's a weird thing. 20 years later, I'm in a collaborative meeting, heart-to-heart -heart collaborative. You remember those, Les? Yes. Uh, it, was a, yes. it was a bunch of nonprofits. And who was sitting right next to me? Mrs. Tipple. And I was so freaking nervous that she would remember that I was the one with the Challenger. And she remembered my name, <gasps> she, but she did not remember <gasps> me pulling it back and flinging oh it into God. the... I thought she was going to bring it up or something. I would have been mortified. Here's the deal. She remembers it. She just didn't so? bring it up. How yeah. offensive would it have been for her to say he blew up the Challenger? Yeah, to bad. me especially. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty I'm bad. So sorry, especially, man. yeah. And oh, I'm dare so you. sorry. No, what it would have been is she would have brought up a point, right? Mm -hmm. And then look at you and say, "Are you going to challenge me on this?" Oh, oh. Just real oh, subtle right, to see how uncomfortable right. you got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hey, speaking yeah. of school projects, at my kids' school, they always do in the third grade, uh, like the living museum, right, where they pick a oh. figure. Not, it doesn't have to be super historical, but just a figure of, like, notable importance, right? Henry is, and they dress up as them and do the whole thing. Henry's doing uh, Fred Rogers. 
Oh, Mr. Rogers. I'm going to tell you that's something. That's great. If I've ever known a human being that has the capacity for kindness the way Fred Rogers is, probably my son. I, Aww, and trust me, cool. it has nothing to do with whether or not I've brought him up well. The kid's just, he's a, a, <laughs> he just a good person. person. This yeah. is a great person. Well, yeah. that's great. I'm sure Fred Rogers would be proud yeah, to have dude, that happen. That's really cool. There's a great Speaking documentary about of, Fred Rogers. I don't know if you guys seen it. Oh, there's that really good Tom Hanks movie, too. Yes. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But it's actually, it's pretty good. I heard it's pretty good, yeah. Came out Tom like Hanks' years performance. Ago. Yeah, it was a few yeah, documentary ago. came out a few years ago, and the movie came out right after. I think like it was a yeah the year of the Rogers. I was going to ask uh, Eric, uh, how F. did Rog. the um, lightsaber uh, building stream go? Oh, I haven't yeah. done it yet. So oh, I um, what yeah, I did I is I, missed it. I had a a tough time figuring out how to position the camera to do tons of like small piecework soldering and mm -hmm. keep it to where people could actually see anything except the back of my hands and the soldering iron. Oh, so right. I built a whole bunch of sub-assemblies, and I've assembled the bulk of it. And now this weekend, my intent is on Friday during the day to stream the actual final construction of it. And what I've done is I typically, when I build a saber, I'll buy multiple, like build enough to, to build two of them because I'm going to break something. And sure enough, I did. I broke this little spring-loaded thing with, with pins that make the blade makes connection with. I bent them all over because right. I installed it wrong. So anyway, I'm gonna show what the components are empty with like the extra ones and talk about how it all went together and now it's together and blah, blah, blah. So that should be Friday. Uh, what time are you thinking of doing that on Friday? <laughs> I'm not sure, so they know. It'll probably be like, like 8 a.m. your time. 8 a.m. my time? Yeah. And about 11 yours? 10 mine. 10 yours? You're yeah. uh, central? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. All right, guys. There you go. Yep. Thank there you, you go. It's still, it's not too late. Anybody who wants to contribute financially to that project, I didn't, sure. I mean, listen, it's fine yeah. if you don't. I just, we're, it's, it's happening. What do you it's, contribute? I mean, how do we do that? How does that process work? Uh, you know what? You can Venmo me at Eric Strahlers. That's the easiest way. Hit me up on Twitter if you, you know, at the same at Eric Strahlers if you want to like any other avenues, any amount helps, man. I mean, seriously, 10 bucks just, here, yeah. 10 bucks there can make a huge difference. Right. If it it cool. wasn't clear to whoever's listening, this is for Haas's birthday. Oh yeah, this is for Haas's yes. 40th birthday. Haas birthday. And I was hoping to have it done in time. His birthday is a week from yesterday. But uh, I had to order a new soldering iron for my soldering station. And I didn't, I didn't want to rush it, man. I want to make sure it's really good. So it'll probably be the week after that. Because Saturday or Sunday, I have a gig with the country band playing at the Blues game. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Nice. Mm -hmm. And the Anheuser-Busch That's great. During the Blues game. Ooh. So maybe one day we can watch that at least. You know what I mean? That'd be all right. Yeah, oh, during the St. Louis Blues game? Oh, yeah, we'll play shit. A, like a handful of sets leading up to it. And then that's we'll play rad. during the first intermission. And Did then I we're done. Mm -hmm. He's playing at the... Yeah, that's rad. Well, speaking of Haas, uh, Boo, Les, and uh, and I will going to be on High Potion because I'm such a huge gamer, you know. No, he, he's going to get. He wants to get the, our perspective of The Last of Us since we've never played the game, mm -hmm. and he wants to pick our brains about that. So that's Gosh, phenomenal. I was trying to think of somebody else on the Sith list who's been dying to be on that show <laughs> who has never played The Last of Us and is a huge gamer and love the show. He, God, who, I think who he knows you have a gig on Sunday, but he knows you have a gig on Sunday. That's no, what it was. That's not what it is. You'll make time on a Sunday without showing. He's going to talk to us about he's going to talk to us about the show and what we thought of it as non gamers, I guess. I think they've been talking about it. I think Haas has played it, obviously. Yeah, it's um, played it a couple times. Yeah, so 
Yeah, he, you know, he a few months ago. A few months yeah. ago, I was on high potion. Oh, oh were you? That was a good oh, episode, oh, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes they pull old episodes that I've already been on. Just they, put they can't find a guest. Yeah. They just plug right. that again. Yeah. I'm trying to get him down here a little bit earlier than when he wanted. Um, actually, I don't know if it was earlier afterwards. There's a huge concert coming up. I don't know if you saw this, Les and Randy and Boo, but in Sacramento, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's this is made for Haas. And listen to this lineup, okay? This is like 20 years ago revisited. Uh, this is, I'm just going to throw out names on diff- this all different nights. I'm not going to go. Nights, so yeah. we got Pantera, Corn, Godsmack Tool, Limp Biscuit, 311, Queens of the Stone Age, Guns N' Roses, Avenged Sevenfold, uh, uh, Coheated Cambria, Megadeth. Yep. Uh, uh, let's see, anybody else that's worth talking oh, about? Rod, I think it's called Mouth. Aftershock Smash Mouth. Pennywise. <laughs> uh, keep. keep L seven, the cult, the cult. Jeez, not Weezer hey, I think, though. So I, think, I don't think um, he's coming. That <laughs> show, that tour, it's a tour of some type. <laughs> I think they have a have one in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. On, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think I saw it on Instagram because I follow Tool, and they're they're going to appear. It's the oh, they might be one. Tool might be doing the festival circuit is what they're doing yeah. probably. But that festival has pretty much the same lineup for four days. Oh, it does. Well, that's Except what normally like happens. Is these GNR is not on one of the days. I right, right. Remember, but yeah, they'll probably all do the same circuit. You're right. I was looking right. for Deftones <laughs> to be on that, but it's not. <laughs> right. I just sent Ross. No, no, Deftones wasn't on. Was definitely made no. Deftones is not on it. No, it's not on it. No, no, no. I'd be going if Deftones. Uh, it should be on it. Deftones should have been on it. So there you go. This is our Haas segment. Hey, Haas. <laughs> hey, Haas. Happy upcoming birthday. Yeah. We'll see you Sunday. Not Eric, but I mean, some of us will see you. Ah! Y'all need Guys, to stop, man. What? <laughs> Eric's got a gig. He's playing for the St. Louis Blues. Gr- and that's people fine. Can say that? That's fine. Right. That's understood. Jeez. You know who I miss? I miss freaking uh, Steel, man. I, we need to get Steel back on here. He's busy uh, being he's a TV be, star. He's be too busy being on High Potion. He that won't be able to make it. <laughs> Steel's on High Potion too? Well, why not? Why not? Everybody is. is. Eric's over here. Everybody else is in line. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal, man. Yeah. It's like that scene in Deadpool 2 where the, the, X-Men closed the X-Men closed the oh, doors. Yeah. Deadpool's walking around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. I asked Amanda if she'd record an episode of the uh, Patreon for uh, Bad Motivators with me. She says, no, I'm going to be on High Potion. (laughs) (laughs) Your your kids are going, too. Yeah. Dinner with the healers without Eric. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's all right, though. I'm not bitter about it at all. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. Yeah. This is a perfect episode to bring it up, too, because you, you're very positive today. Uh, this, well, let's watch this. For the people that are listening, we're playing the Skater Die video we made for Steel. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> just, and it has every, this rolling every time. every time. If we're ever in a bad mood, that's the one that we need to play. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. All right, guys, let's just get into the shit, shit here. Long uh, as ever. 
this, you know what? Yeah, speaking of stealing, lo- he loves our intros. He, yeah, he really that's why does. we do this. That's why we do this. Here's Johnny. I know it was you, Fred. All right, guys. Weekend box office results from Rotten Tomatoes. Scream, is it six? Earns the biggest debut of the franchise. The latest bloody installment of Wes Craven's meta-horror franchise scored a big opening, while Creed Three held on to number two, and Champions flopped. Scream made, uh, what do we got here? $44.5 million. Creed Three, 27.3. Did I say Creed Two earlier? Nah, no, whatever. I think you said that. Okay, Ant-Man and the Wasp made 7.1, Cocaine Bear 6.25, and Champions. Which one is Champions? My, uh, does anybody know what the hell Champions is? Maybe that's why I didn't make any money. Nobody knows. Yeah, Crack Team's on it. You hear that? Flippity flaps. Loving it. So, guys, I didn't watch Scream, but me, Boo's dad, my father-in-law, and Boo had a road trip this weekend. and we went to Arizona to watch some spring training baseball. And we had a night out. Just the boys. Went real we went wild. and saw Creed. Yeah. yeah, we went wild. We went and saw Creed 3. And let me tell you, guys, went to a nice AMC. You know, we've been talking shit on AMC. You know how much the tickets were on a Friday, on a Saturday night? $8. What? Yeah. What the fuck, Arizona? Game that that would have been 18 bucks where I'm at. Easy. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Eight bucks? Format, Saturday night? Yeah, that that was great. So I want to go. I want to get Boo's opinion on Creed. I know it, so I want you guys to know. Has anybody else seen Creed? Three? No. Has anybody seen the franchise before? One or two? Um, yeah, Les has. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. Creed three yet, though. I've seen every. Okay, but one and two, you have. One and two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One. one and two, big fans of. One phenomenal. Two was pretty good. One is and great, yeah. uh, Boo. What'd you think of three? So so Creed three is 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 good. Uh, for being Michael B. Jordan's uh, directorial debut. It's not bad. Not bad, especially for being his first movie. I give him credit. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a few aspects in it where, where it's it's not the greatest thing in the world. Uh, I I feel the, the whole time I felt that he was trying to... He understands what movie he's making. He understands it's a Creed movie, and that immediately ties into being Rocky, of course. But I think the whole time he's trying to create his own film, not really following the same, the same, you know, formula, formula of yeah. every single Rocky and Creed movie up to that point. Uh, there, there were a couple of important aspects to me that I think he was missing. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but uh, mm-hmm. I think he was missing a couple of things. And yeah, I think he wanted to make it his own, his own movie. Like Creed is his own character kind of thing separate from almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not bad. It's done well. The, the acting uh, by um, Jonathan majors and, and Michael B. Jordan's great. I and think Felicia uh, Shad. she was, was amazing. Creed's mom. Felicia. Felicia oh Rashad. yeah. She's, she's great. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So, so the acting's great. The action's good. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I think I, I think some of the things that he changed were not a bad idea, not a bad idea. I don't think there's anything that he did bad or did wrong. I just think there's a couple things that he tried to change or cut out a little bit that I was 
I wasn't expecting and I was I was kind of like lacking because I knew what I was walking into. You know, you're walking into a Rocky or Creed movie, you expect certain things. And I kind of did, didn't get a couple of those, but it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I'd recommend to see it. You know, if, if you wanted to see it before, definitely go see it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's good as it. The first one's incredible. The first the first Creed is incredible. This one's closer to the second one. The second one might edge it out just a little bit, but it's right about there. That's right. About yeah. The, the, yeah. Just to jump in real quick, the only thing that I was expecting or hoping for was since they did Apollo's son is Adonis Creed, then they went with Drago's kid. I yeah. honestly thought they would find a way to do uh, Clever Lang. Yeah, some way, that's what everybody wanted. Right. And I just, it just felt right, you know. But yeah, from looking at things, he looks about the same. Major yeah, looks like he's freaking Clubber Ling himself, dude. Like that, he probably beat Prime Mister T anyway. So, yeah, Jonathan, he, Jonathan Majors is great in it, and uh, Michael B. Everybody's boo. You're right. Everybody's really good in it. Really good. It just felt like his first movie. Mm-hmm. It felt like somebody's first de- like directorial debut. There was moments that felt cheap. I'm not saying cheap with like script. It was just it just didn't look polished especially the first five minutes that first fight there wasn't any emotion to it at all and you jump right into it mm-hmm. um and it this there's cgi used everywhere and you can tell like the last fights at dodger stadium dodger stadium looks great but it's very cgi'd out and it just you know it just just didn't look like the great thing about the rocky movies in the first two Creed movies they were in arenas and uh even though they they filled them up for the first like five or six rows, you know they made do of it and it looked legit and looked realistic. This one, I don't know. And the story was like, yeah, it missed Rocky, dude. It really missed Rocky Balboa being in it. It missed that Mick figure. Yeah, that's uh, that's that, there wasn't that, was that in things, it at yeah. all. Yeah, that's one of the things uh, I was if, missing. But if you watch the first two, it's definitely a must because it kind of rounds things off. I think. I think it's the last one, to tell you the truth. I think they're going in another direction without spoiling it. Yeah. Uh, so, and Kugler didn't direct, and you could tell Kugler didn't direct it. And I know Stallone's I, pissed about the whole thing. Yeah. I I think I, you know, I I, I don't want to I don't want to cut Michael B. Jordan down too much because what I think some of it was was. Um, you know, for for it being his directorial debut, I'm not sure if the, if the studio would have been like, yeah, here's everything, because I know those I know those stages cost money to set up all that stuff, ran out those arenas. They might have they might have snipped his budget a little bit, and he probably had to cut mm. some, you know, cut some corners, and he probably yeah, CGI yeah, yeah, the probably. shit out of these because it's cheaper, which I understand, yeah, and I probably. still think they look good, but you could tell there's there's yeah. There's a difference between an arena full of people and their reaction, and and you know CGI reactions or CGI arena things like that. Mm-hmm. So I I, I don't want to cut them down too much for that, but I I could see some maybe not rookie mistakes, but uh, all right, buddy, this is your first movie. We're not going to give you the whole check. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of thing. Sense. So so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, but I, I think as far as but the that first CGI episode, stuff costs a ton of money though, boo. That oh, oh yeah, a lot it's of not money. cheap. Definitely not. Yeah. Go ahead, Randy. Randy, you were saying uh, something? No, I just I, like with the Rocky movies. I'm not sure if you guys agree, but it they always kind of felt like indie movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what right. made the story work so well. Too. Even yeah, the first like, two Apollos felt that way. I mean, the first felt two like Creed, very like 
like or yeah in the first two uh creed movies yeah. felt like right. they feel like organic movies they don't mm-hmm. feel like uh yeah. like that the idea of putting a bunch of cd cgi in it seems kind of weird yeah yeah i mean well, it's not a ton of stuff it's just every time they fight there's that element to it right and, it, it works um, a little bit it's it, it's not the worst thing in the world yeah. but it's it, it, it yeah, works. yeah it's, i don't want to put it down too bad and you're right for being the first movie for him to direct I he did a good job, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't a big baddie. Jonathan Majors was badass, but you felt for him the entire time. So you you were never pissed off at him. You were never like I know what they did then. I know what they did. You know, did they were never you were never ever that upset. Right, Boo? Like yeah, cause, cause there was a part understand. of you you, you understand where he's coming from. Absolutely. They did so, the anime thing. They did the anime villain thing. Well, all I know is, all I know you is know that there's some anime. Right? I, you know I get you. You, 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 you should see villain it. Thing where you, yeah, you should see it. Yeah. Really we don't want to spoil it. That, that, mm-hmm. that the villain. Because yeah, they'll right. give you the background of the villain. And it's like. Yes. You mm-hmm. The background of the villain is very much tied into the hero also. Yeah. So, so, no wonder yeah. they're the bad guy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like right. one of those things. So, okay. So what are the scores like? In these in these movies, who does they were like vibe? It was what are they doing? I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ludwig did Creed one and two. I think he helped Uh, out with this one. Yeah, I don't think he was on it. He had Mm -hmm. scheduling problems. I think I read, but he was one and two because he works with Coogler really well with with the Black Panther Mm -hmm. uh, situation. So the score was phenomenal. The first two, if I'm not mistaken, I thought Boo. I heard a new Dre song. In the intro of this thing, unless it was an old one, it could be an old I, one. I think it was an old one. I don't think it was new, but yeah. I'm, okay. I'm not the one to ask. But I, I didn't feel yeah. that it was new. One, okay, one thing okay. about the uh, about the um, what Struthers is talking about with the music, I expected more of it, and kind of it to be to be louder, kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of like more of a more of a character because you there's just something about that song coming on. You're like, oh shit, here and we it never go. Comes on. Yeah. They only do a little snippet of it. Yeah, at a certain point, snip yeah. it, and they tease you with it, but it never hits. That's, you're waiting that's, for it. That that's one of the the, the aspects where I was Even like, train, he's trying to make his own movie. He's trying yeah. to make his own yeah. character, right. kind of separate right. from Rocky. Yeah. Which I I understand why, but yeah. I don't think you need to do it. That you, you can be more subtle about it, which made you know it made sense because he's not there. I'm like, okay, I get it, but you still have to understand what this story is and where it's coming from and its roots, kind of thing. Right. Don't just I, I think, completely sever ties, but you know, still, still know what you're, what you you're doing. Kind of respect like the guts to do that, but then you put yourself mm-hmm. in a situation where you have to bring it in order if you're yes, that's mm-hmm. right, turning away from like the heritage of like the series, yeah. and you have to yeah. replace it with something that people respond yeah, to. Mm-hmm. Band aid. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It, yeah, when it's part of an established franchise, wanting to make your own movie is what you do is you make your own movie. <laughs> that is that's a, true a i was thinking of, that the an, whole an time established franchise you want to make yeah. a, a boxing movie a, you Whoa. know do it but i mean mm-hmm. i get but being part of a franchise helps sell tickets immediately i, I don't know sure man. whatever i don't i, don't, I got no I skin like in the game i'm just like curious that it seems about, like a, the last jedi a lot of people were like well if you want to make that movie then you shouldn't have made this movie you shouldn't have been the director yeah <laughs> ruin right. johnson there was just ruin johnson here we go yeah yeah. Well, let's talk a little. Oh, anybody else watch anything cool before we go into some Star Wars talk? You know, I did. I I watched last week. But I forgot to talk about it. Um, mm. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, oh. dude. Okay, great. I, I want to get your take on this. Great movie. I saw in the theater. It's a fun you loved movie it to watch. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's to fantastic. Watch. Like it's really well made. Yes. It's, I mean, it's it, 
can you imagine the editing that went through that thing? The, 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 you, you like notice like the what? camera work, like the camera is active oh. at all points. Even like when it's a still shot is just like slowly yeah. just moving. Like they're always that camera is. It's yeah, a fantastic it's really, movie. Really good movie, and it's it's a tough movie. Well, uh, Lorraine's parents were, were watching it before the Oscars, and I told Lorraine they're gonna last thirty minutes, dude. They're not gonna last through this thing, and they lasted an hour um, through it. And they went back and tried to watch more of it, but they didn't get it. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, they loved Jamie Lee Curtis, though, which was cool. Right. Um, uh, did you get emotional at all at the end? Because there were there were people around us that were like really crying at the end. There of were a cu- there. I remember. I can't remember the parts because I it happens all just so fast. There were <laughs> yeah. a couple parts toward the end that were kind of like tearjerker moments. Yeah, that's when people were crying. Yeah, okay. But I can't remember. I'm what glad he saw it. Was. That's yeah, cool. That was a really good movie. Yeah, so, it's about relationships and family and all that stuff. I'm way yeah. deep into the final season of Lost. Oh, so yeah, getting there. That's family. pretty cool. Speaking of it, nice, yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, there's so. a there's a great documentary that's coming out about Lost. Did you hear about this, mm-hmm. King Tom? I saw they're I making cannot. something. Yeah. Yeah, they're oh, making now? something. It's coming out about the phenomenon about when the show oh. was out and how right. things were. Well, me and Les were calling phone numbers on commercials and phone numbers that mm-hmm. were on commercials on the show and going, oh my God, this works. Holy shit, it's Oceana. Has your Eric, opinion uh, changed okay. at all with this uh, season, Eric? Um, I mean, yeah, but it's, <laughs> again, it's like, hey, here's a new thing. It's just seriously, <laughs> it's nothing but new variables over and over and over again. It's cool though. I dig it. I honestly, I have no inclination to try to figure out what's going to happen i'm just like taking mm-hmm. it oh that's not, so cool trying Good to for not you. think a I, ton about it i envy you right yeah. there is uh something that they released on the dvd uh at the very end that's yeah. like a um was it epilogue mm-hmm. so when you're done with it let me know and i'll send you a link to it okay I would like to talk about like that finale and that epilogue, like after yeah, you finally too. finish that, just to kind of let's like, do a Patreon, you... dude. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, I think it's that'd a fun episode to kind of like dissect. Yeah, there's so much meat on it. Yeah, God, I love the ending. I love the fucking ending. I enjoy I it too. Some people hate it. I love it. Okay, that'll do. I mean, just the, you know, <laughs> the tidal wave was crazy. Okay, let's. Um, anybody else watch anything? I watch no? Champions. No? In theaters now. <laughs> what is Champions? it? Are you, yeah, it's a form. What it is? Oh, let me tell you about Champions the movie. Okay, thank you. Starring Woody Harrelson. <laughs> oh, it's that one. I feel the bad. Former now. minor league so basketball co- coach is ordered by the court to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities. He soon realizes Ooh. that despite his doubts, together this team can go further than they ever imagined. If you if you want to stop the podcast now, we can all get caught up on champions and come back. It's up to you. It's actually the the director. uh, It's the director who did Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Me, myself, and Irene. There's something about Mary. So you got shit like some good comedy. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. Man and Woody puts in good work. He doesn't. He he always puts in 100. percent That guy. I like him in No Country for Old Men. Oh, like you think I love he's going to be now. in it for like a long time. Oh, yeah. He's just awesome. <laughs> he's awesome. True detective. Uh, true detective. I love him. In. My God. 
Still God, oh, he's so I got I got a boob. I need that. to watch that show again, dude. It's such Me too. A good Me too. Show. That that, that Carcosa scenes. Oh, the cave those two scenes together. and stuff. Amazing. And what's great is those two together they're, they're like really close. They're like best friends. Out of your life. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. They work well together. It's very cool. And, and so nobody else watch anything? We're all good. We're ready to jump into some uh just some crazy Star Wars stuff. I watched uh caught up with Bad Batch. Uh, so that was cool. And uh, Mando, wow, exciting! Not exciting, exciting, not exciting. We're gonna find greetings. Out. This is Grand Admiral Thrawn aboard the ISS Chimera. You are currently listening to the Sith List. I know a great deal about you because of this artistic choice. May Warrior's Fortune smile upon your efforts. All right, I think we're going to have, uh, Eric, you're going to sh- throw it over to King Tom for this one, right? Yeah, man, since I've been hogging it up with the Last of Us parts, like we need to give King Tom, who's also quite more knowledgeable about Star Wars than I ever am. Wow. So take oh, it uh, away, King that Tom. You're, you're well, but before you, are you going to talk about Bad Batch first, King Tom? Because I want to throw something in there. Sure. Let's, let's talk about Bad Batch first. Thank you, Soundboard. There was a uh, new episode of The Bad Batch today where the uh, it really wasn't in line with the uh, with moving the story along. The um, Bad Batch went to Space Grease and dealt with the tidal wave. Uh, yeah, I, Space Grease. I like just, that. It just reminded me of it. You know the way the city was set up in the ocean and. Even though it, it, you know, it was it was more about the characters, um, their relationships with with each other, uh, Omega's place, not not just with the rest of the Bad Batch, but with you know other people her age. Um, I, I liked it. The setting was was really nice. It was it was a, a big change from some of the locations that are these rundown desert dust ball type planets or you know frozen tundra. Um, I, I thought it was a really nice setting, and, and the story was nice. But what did uh, what did Araj? You you watched it this week, actually. So why don't you? I just uh, watched it. I literally just watched it. Okay. Um, I thought it was visually great. It's, I mean, this show mm-hmm. keeps getting better visually the, mm-hmm. every week. I was like, damn, man, it seems like it's getting. They're like, it's just getting clearer and crisper every week. It's mm-hmm. insane. Uh, the story did nothing for the storyline and the, the the show, but I love that Tech is trying to get his. <laughs> On man, that dude is getting gonna get some. Is, uh, He's gonna get some Wanda Sykes, man. I mean, they're into each other. I loved it. Going. That's yeah, right. He, um, <laughs> but um, storyline. It's just like the first natural disaster we've seen in Star Wars. I was thinking these guys came. No, there was um, the rise of Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Eric. Well done. Thank you. I actually watched uh, that movie. So. I know you did. The thing was um, that I wanted to say, and I completely forgot. You're going to this planet, Papu. It's called Papu, right? What's <laughs> Thank the planet you. Called? It is called Papu. Or, I don't no, remember. Panu right. or Papu or some shit. Papu. Um, there was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, seeing Omega meet a friend, that was great. And then seeing, I'm glad that you guys all ha- could experience what earthquakes are like, the people that don't live here in California. <laughs> so this episode is very much, yeah, very much an earthquake episode, which yeah, spot on, Bad Batch. You nailed it. I could now, go for I'm, some of that space sushi they were eating. 
Yeah. Yeah, we have that here too. So, now, so sorry, Eric, go ahead. I would like to counter with I I it do, it didn't pick up any of the specific story threads and move them forward, but Mm-mm. what it did do is establish that they recognize that this style of life is no good for Omega and she needs mm-hmm. to to they need to do something different for her sake. But then they also realize uh they're attached to her enough that maybe that's what they need in their life as well. And so essentially what we see is them, they've low key broken ties with Sid, just, they won't call Mm -hmm. her. And now they're with fee. And she mentions the fact that look, Sid mate is not a great friend, but she's also not somebody you want to cross. You might, you know, kind of reconsider this. But seeing Fee, which is Wanda Sykes' character, in a new light, I thought was really cool. It could really open some doors. But it's like this is the calm before the storm, so to speak, because they're deciding, okay, you know what, let's take a step back. But then what's going to instantly happen is they're going to pick up this story thread back with uh, uh, them trying to grab Omega so they can get this whole cloning thing moving again. So... I think it contributes in that sense because that's going to lull them into a false sense of security. That's that will become a thing later. I think for sure. I think that they're going to go back to this Island. That's, this is where they're going to end up. I think that's ultimately if they don't all die, which they're not going to, they're going to end up in this Island. Well, and I think what will happen too is one of the things they said is that the, basically this is a place of refuge for people and they don't want, uh, like, the Empire's not going to come here. But right. if they do, we'll deal with it. And but I, So I really feel like their way of life is going to be incredibly disrupted by the target that's on the Bad Batch. Word. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens there. I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was I Yeah, thought I it thought was it was sweet. cool. And, uh, yeah, seeing Omega, man, there's something about that kid that, you just want it to work out. The the voice work for that character is just makes her even more endearing and seeing her yeah. have a friend and be able to be a kid. But, you know, the fact that they're like, hey, kids who are like 14, why don't you take mm-hmm. this boat out on the sea? Don't wear life jackets, though. No, no reason for that. Everything will surely be fine. And then they then they at the end when they get rescued, they're like on the wing of the ship as it's flying over, looking down. I'm like, man, oh, man. The uh, the safety measures they go through here are a bit lax. Right. True that. Anyone else? Watch it. Nobody else? What, one, Everybody else. <laughs> who's like, nah. One thing I noticed, I was looking at the credits and the voice of the, what did they call him? The mayor? I think the, the mayor, head, yeah. The head guy. That yeah. was uh, yeah. Steve who Blum, that? who was Zeb in Rebels. Oh, okay. I love that character. Yeah. I've been checking out like the because they've had some pretty nifty guest stars lately in the Bad Batch. Yeah, guest right, voices. Right, right, right. It's always it's okay, always fun cool. seeing a, a familiar face. Uh, and then there was yeah. another show that uh, some people might have watched, some people might have liked, and some might not have. The uh, episode three of The Mandalorian, um, which kind of was a reminded me of one of those episodes of the Book of Boba Fett that had very little. Boba Fett in it because it was mostly about um, the person formerly known as Dr. Pershing 
And I don't remember her name, but she was Moff Gideon's communications officer. And it took us back to Coruscant uh, in, as the New Republic tries to set up there. And they set up an amnesty program for four, former Imperial officers uh, and just what Dr. Pershing is up to. Um, who wants to go first on this? And I know I Eric, Eric. I think Eric, Eric needs to go first. To yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing. <laughs> oh. I find the story thread with Dr. Pershing interesting. However, this was the longest runtime episode of the season so far. And it was a, you can't even use the term slow burn because that indicates that, you know, there was like this goal and this excitement. It dragged and dragged and dragged and dragged. Get to the point. Where is the point and how do I cut to it? Because it's like they took elements in these first two episodes that they could have stretched out and given us a little more of a feel for and didn't do anything with and took this thing and just dragged it on the opening scenes with uh din and bo katan and the fight against the uh the tie fighters and stuff that was rad and i even commented it's like i can't believe we get tv that has effects this good and they keep going to the top gun mm-hmm. shot the over the shoulder as they're yeah they sure did up. yeah yeah so that's cool. just they keep going back to that it's fine with me yeah me too i think it was great but then when they switch over i'm like this is actually going to be pretty cool but the way they went about telling that story was so bland and what made it even worse is that we were telling our kids listen we spend no time together as a family. We're going to come in here. We're going to I get dinner. We're going to watch this show. And both the kids were like, kill us. It was just <laughs> not good. Yeah, I could see that. I could now, see that with kids. Having said all that, there are a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, mm-hmm. One, like when they're on Coruscant, and I saw our friend Emily Lind mentioned that, that them saying that a trillion people lived on the planet, like really sort of stucker and i can see why but then like i really try to think about the fact that it's an entire planet that's one city and it's there are over a thousand layers of like buildings stacked on top of each other right that's the whole thing and so it's feasible all right uh Mm. but but one of the things i want to well i mean could you imagine though like if fire (sighs) breaks out millions of people die I mean, literally, that's what would happen. It's uncontrollable. But, yeah, anyway. but I also can imagine that how cool it would be if Jediers were real. As long as there's no screws holding up the buildings, I think we're okay. Like, I don't get it. Like, if you're going to believe fucking Jedis are real, how are you going to disbelieve there's a 20 trillion people on a fucking planet? What's the fucking difference? <sighs> so, okay. <laughs> those are two separate things like they're really far apart from being the same no they're not far apart dude if you believe that there's a fucking green dude walking around that can lift a, a fake spaceship up then how are you not going to believe that there could be a trillion people living on a planet you don't know i mean wait that that's <sighs> the that's the issue is that there's too many people on the planet to be believable yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what they. I'm just telling you what people have said. Oh, okay? I'm not, I'm not blaming. I'm just trying to understand what the situation. I haven't seen the episode Damn, yet, so I'm trying to understand what the the gripe is. The gripe is there's too many people living in there that it would be impossible for that to happen. That's the gripe. Man, I didn't expect I you mean, to, to get so fair, hot I, about it. I, I I side with the Raj on this one. Okay, thank you, fine. buddy. 
That makes sense. I think at a certain point, like it, they're the limits of you've already disbelieved and a shit ton of stuff, and the universe. numbers gonna throw you off. My bad. I'm not. Is, who said that? Emily said that. Yeah, shit, there was sorry, like Emily, a whole thing. I love about you, Emily. It, but, but sorry, Emily. I love you. Here's, I retract everything I just said. Here's why I, I say they're different. <laughs> I love you. A trillion Those two things words. are different. Is because love <laughs> you trillion times. One is mystical, and one is is. Uh, you can't put 20 pounds of shit in a 10 pound bucket kind of thing. Those are, they're, they're, they're like two different things, you know? No, they're not. But, but <laughs> no, the they're fucking not dude. Planet doesn't have to be as big as earth. It could be bigger. They have the summit the highest thing. mountain. Oh no, no, like, I'm, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm just trying to say that the, like saying that you believe this, but not this, those are, it's a separate argument. But however, one of the things I wanted to mention, though, is in the scenes where they're on Coruscant and she's trying to get him like, touch the peak of the mountain. And that's the whole joke, you know, because the little security bot, the uh, what's it, the, the museum docent comes rushing in going, no, man. <laughs> Uh, they're playing the the score in there has a nod to the um, the March of the Resistance, mm -hmm. and but it's Ooh, like instead of being that. in this minor key that it's in, it's yeah, that's minor. Um, but it's got the it's got the turn the 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 uh, uh, the tur the like the turn that brings it back to the top. That's in that, and it keeps repeating over and over. Now the rest of the structure of it isn't. A play on that march that i can tell but it's like plain as day the exact same mm. and so that i thought that was cool it's like i wonder what their what the purpose behind that was or if it was just like hey here's something that sounds neat let's throw this in there eric did you hear because you have a good ear on this stuff did you hear the the emperor theme at all somebody on youtube said when what's her name you know the the narc is is uh interacting with him at the end you hear the emperor thing somewhere in there did you any of you guys hear that i didn't pick up on that but i think it's okay i was having trouble keeping my eyes open by that time <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna tell me that you can believe that there are jedi that are real but you can't believe that that episode wasn't boring as shit <laughs> you're gonna tell me that that's yeah, what you're you gonna hear all your life you haven't you haven't heard my opinion on it no, no, I, I know. I'm just. Both. It was a joke. That's, that's a callback to what I said and to what you said. So. Yeah, but jokes are usually funny. But I'm just joking. I'm just joking, bro. I'm just joking. But uh, Rob's broke into my jerk juice. Yeah, oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, no, so, no, no, no. I'm just no. no. One thing I want to ask. came through in the beginning like this. One thing I want to ask is. Dr. Pershing said something that really made me lean on the fact that he might be a clone. Oh. Hmm. And it's, I can't remember what it was. It was something like, yeah, I'm the original well, me or something. He said some weird thing like that. Ooh. And what does he I, do with his ear, Eric? I don't know. I think that, so that's that? the thing. I think it's going to turn out he's a clone. I think it's going to turn out that he's got some sort of implant. And oh. I don't, I don't know though, because yeah, he keeps leaning to it. Like, like something is, he doesn't want to do that. Something's causing him distress. And yeah, uh, because he does, he says some line that's something along the lines of I'm a clone. Yeah. I mean, it, he didn't say it, but he, <laughs> yeah, it definitely could give yeah. you the idea. And I wondered if anybody else picked up on that.
No, uh, no, but the the ear thing was a little weird, and I thought it was like a reset button. That's uh, that's what it felt like. Like he was calming down. Every time he touched it, he like focused. He got he so. got reset at the end of the episode. That's for sure. <sighs> I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting Moff Gideon to be there, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting what that what happened there. Now I did think it was interesting that they've got these people and they've sent them to like the re-education camps, you know, and they are being reduced to numbers. Again, even though these weren't former stormtroopers, you know, they all had other jobs, but they're being given designations and numbers instead of names to humanize them, which I think in a re-education standpoint is a mistake. Yeah. Because what you need to do is make them not feel like an automaton. That's so true. But, uh, yeah. But I did think it was kind of interesting that they're going, well, it's good that we're not Nazis anymore, but damn, we look sharp in those sweet Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, was, right, right. My fit was sweet. And yeah. the Nazi yeah. food, woof. Ooh, those you Nazi crackers su- were phenomenal. You can't support a superior race of humans without that sweet-ass food we had. <laughs> no, and then, oh, and then Pershing's true. name, like, I, we've heard Pen? it before, and but not, now that I hear Pershing's. it, like, after the fact, I'm like, that just sounds like a Nazi doctor. It just it just hit me. I was just like, that sounds like it, like I I expect to see him on the Nuremberg trials. Be like, yeah, yeah, he did it. Yeah, hang him. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, but I, before then, I was like, he's done. He's done awful shit. But now I don't know for some reason he's having a little a little seminar. And I'm like, that sounds like a Nazi. It was a TED talk, bro. It was a, it was TED, a TED talk. talk. I've done awful yeah. shit, but my research yeah. was pretty good. And I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, what's going on? Now, yeah, when right. he mentioned the twisted individual, do you think he was referring to Palpatine? That was my assumption, but yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I so the uh, Eric, I agree with you. The beginning was phenomenal, man. I mean, seeing that, I think we said on the reaction that I said to Les, I can't believe that this. I said, I think I said the same exact thing you did. I said, I can't believe we're seeing this on television. Like this is one of the coolest dog fights I've seen in Star Wars. It was fucking bitching, man. It was so great. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the, the uh, Maverick vibes, 100%. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was really cool. It, I mean, even him jumping out, the whole thing, I, I thought it was rad. I thought it was great. I love the end. I love the Mando scenes. And here's the thing that I liked about the Pershing things. I liked Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And I love that we got a tour of Coruscant. And it was such a... For me, in my opinion, a better version of Coruscant than we've seen ever, and then also better than Kenobi's Coruscant that we saw in that little bit bit of time that we had it. Um, That was really cool, and in the scale of Coruscant was cool. So I was so like enamored with the special effects and how Coruscant looked. I didn't cat. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about how slow the story was until the middle of the story, and I was like, "Wow, this is uh, this is pretty slow, man." Like. The only thing I respected was that we had never seen Star Wars like that. And somebody commented on YouTube, I just watched 40 minutes of a Star Trek episode. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I said that. I mean, I'm not shitting on Star Trek, but it did feel a little bit Star Trek-y, um, those scenes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I agree with you. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't God awful, but I think the Coruscant spiked my attention so much that I was just like, mm-hmm. You know, but that's me. Like, if other people are watching that aren't huge Star Wars fans or just Mandalorian fans, they're not going to enjoy this episode, I don't think, at all. So, yeah, Pershing got a lot of screen time 
Let me just tell you, this sad card is. Uh, what about what about you, Les? I knew people were going to have an issue with the. Yeah, Les called it last night. I called it at, on reaction. I even think I said something about Star Trek too. I think I said something. Oh, about did you? It. Did you? Did you, but, uh, you might have edited it because you know you have to do what you have to do. But um, yeah. I, I what I'm gonna say I liked is probably gonna. I loved that she's still sadistic. Mm-hmm. I absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah. love that she did the whole like, kind of like, you know that like that thing, dude. Like the the I call it the pre workout flex. Just it just gets to you. <laughs> you're just like, you know, it was one of those, yeah. and I'm like. Oh, she's still sadistic. She is a sadist still. So, yeah. uh, I just, I don't know if she's being used by the new or whatever, it is, you know, New Republic to, uh, to weed out, um, prisoners of war, you I know, like to be a hunter yeah. of some type, but she is. I, I feel that they did this and it's going to lead to something. Maybe oh, this 100%. is this maybe this is how they begin to answer you know that great line from Rise of Skywalker. Uh, somehow Palpatine returned. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is the base for it. Like that, you know, the Empire was never really gone. They didn't really do what they were supposed to do, which is pretty much eradicate everyone on that side. But maybe that's it. But yeah, they could have gave us. All that Bo-Katan and, and Din and that whole thing. They could have just focused on that. They could have been on the run for the whole episode. You know, maybe do more jump, uh, more uh, light speed runs and all that kind of stuff. I still liked it. I still liked the episode because seeing Coruscant was really cool. Yeah, it was rad, man. Uh, and again, getting, getting that... Um, I don't know what's going to happen here, but maybe this is how Bo-Katan starts rebuilding Mandalore by doing what she by linking Ooh, up. I think I think opposite less. I think she's gonna fuck over that that uh that group. That covert. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, covert. I, I, I don't think know. she's gonna fuck over know. that group, man. She she somehow with the mythosaurs. All the things that so think about it like this. The myth was that Mandalore is cursed and dead. It's mm-hmm. not. She her and Din were able to let them know like it's not dead. Right, right. Then all the other stuff that Bo-Katan doesn't believe water. in. You know, the, right. the, the yeah, that Bo-Katan doesn't believe in, the, the helmet staying on and, you know, maybe even the mythosaur and all that stuff. Her getting those, her seeing those things, you know, uh, her seeing those things may, they, they, there may be just a meeting in the middle. I don't know about the treachery. I don't think there's going to be that. I don't, at this point, they, they can't afford it. I feel that they just can't afford to be treacherous to each other. Uh, if anything, she might have, be. A, she might be become the leader of this group. That's what I'm saying. If anything, like, they maybe may change have, the bylaws. You know what I mean? Take off the fucking helmets. Just have happy medium. How about we work on that? Yeah. You know? Build Jeez, visors. Chill. Build like visors and then like nanotech, so they can like <laughs> kind of have their helmets right. off and then just like and it pops on. Did she want to invite uh, Din over for midnight snack? You know what I mean? Like it was going to happen. It was going to go yeah. down. And she's like, nah, you're part of that shit fucking That's going to become the thing. nuclear family, isn't it? Bo, Din, and Grogu? I, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see that. Somebody said also, maybe these fucking YouTube people are fucking with me. Somebody said that when they said, um, uh, this is the way, that Grogu tried to mumble it. 
Is that true? Definitely. Did anybody catch that? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. He's trying. Oh, yeah. he's trying. He's oh, that's cool. One of my favorite parts about Grogu is that the mofo is down. He does not have to be told. He understands. <laughs> he's like, shit's getting real. Helmet's on. You know, he doesn't. Oh, that's right. He gets he everything. Like, he is fully aware. He's and he doesn't freak out. He doesn't do anything. He's a he's badass. Like, it's go time. Helmets yeah. on. Fucking dome is closed. Shit's getting real. If something happens, I gotta survive. Love that kid. Like you don't have to tell him a damn thing. Like he doesn't have to be told to put on a seatbelt. He's like, "Yep, dad's driving. Seatbelt time. Got a rocket. You know that kind of yeah, thing." That's Love true. that kid. He's a little badass. He is. Wait till you get the little Mando outfit. Oh my god, a little helmet never takes it off Shit. again. I'm oh, like, dad. So yeah, just fucking ears. That'd be rad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But what did huh. you think of the? Uh, Little departure to Coruscant. Oh, I I thought it was fine the, the entire time. I didn't trust uh, whatever her, her number yeah, name she's thing was. Ellie Payne. Yeah, I, I I just I just thought it was. I just thought it, it took too long because you could feel like she's she's fucking sketchy. He's gullible as shit, as we saw before. You know, you know, you, you just tell him do this and he's gonna do it, kind of thing. So I, I I thought that took too long. Of and damn, she just fried his mind at the end. I was like, she's ice cold. Yeah, I, I think she's still working for Gideon somehow because because the guy brought up the I fact that, that they thought that he escaped and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a cool aspect. Uh, and then yeah, the the Mando stuff was awesome. Yeah, the the dog fight was the shit. Um, so cool. So yeah, overall I thought it was a good episode. I was bombed. I was like, sweet, a long episode, and most of it was all right. Let's get <laughs> to the part where she betrays him or something. And you know, I was like, all right, she betrayed him. All right, okay. All right, that I, I didn't see Les that and I, at all. Less and I are like, oh my god, that was the cold open. What do we got in store? And, <laughs> just, <laughs> and then flat lines after that. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seeing Coruscant's. You know, one thing that I found interesting is with the Star Wars shows that are on Disney Plus now, you get a you get a an understanding of basically the whole timeline of the Empire. You get the beginning with Bad Batch doing with the clones and all that you get kind of the middle with andor you fully the empire and everybody hates them and there's a rebellion and then you get also the end with mando now where you see that they're trying to uh reintegrate you know empire people you know they're trying to you know they've they've done what they can i guess they've tried and you know you know judged everyone who was a bad guy or you know a big bad guy and they're trying to be like all right it was a job you fucked up let's get you back into society so i was like huh Mm -hmm. because you you never know or understand what uh what they do okay great that star is blowing up there's still a bunch of empire mofos in uniform out there what do you do with them you know there's still people so it was interesting to see that they're just kind of all right you go live over here and we're going to monitor you and make sure you're not an asshole so yeah so i i thought that was cool to see you know three different aspects of of the empire's life i guess Randy, did you did you watch it? Unfortunately, no, I wasn't able to oh, okay. see. Okay, but I feel um, like I, I missed a, a good debate. We can we can keep on talking <laughs> yeah. about it to make you uh, get what the sense of the Coruscant part was like. I feel you. I did. thought it went on a bit long, but I really liked it. And like Boo was starting to say about um, the downfall of the Empire and how the New Republic cleaned it up, there were a bunch of themes that. Um, were, had actually started in supporting material like books about how um, the things the New Republic did to, to clean up and try and take over and 
you know, obviously by the time of The Force Awakens, we could see that they fucked up. They made a lot of stupid decisions. And, hmm. um, you know, I think I think in one of the books, like Mon Mothma wanted to, to take the military down by 90%. And they met, they mentioned hmm. that in here, decommissioning not just imperial ships, but oh, yeah. um, rebellion yeah. ships too. Rebellion and ships. That is that ends up being a major mistake 25, 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and the books mention that it's it's nice to see that here, and it's it, it's it's actually a plot point. Another thing is, you know, when he's talking with the people uh, in the opera house after his little TED talk, they're like, "We don't care who's in power; we're just long, long as we're rich." You know, that's in the books. That's in oh, that's the, true. The Last Jedi, too. So, you know, stuff like that. And then the character moments. Uh, yes, it went on a bit long. But, again, I like that. The thing with this season of Mando, I think we all thought, and we, we mentioned this before, that, you know, he was going to bathe in the waters or whatever at the very end of the season. And now... We, you know, now Bo-Katan is hanging out with the with the covert. She's a she's a member, um, technically. Uh, so we don't know where this is going to go or what's going on with um, what's her name and and Doctor Pershing. So it's uh, yeah, might have it might have been a, a boring, huge chunk of of episode in the middle, but the 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 story potential where this could go is could be exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and with that, I, I completely agree. You know, I realize I come in pretty hot on like the length of it and the the slowness of it, but no, I think what it's setting up is really cool. Yeah. I just I think what's difficult is that w- both of the first two episodes, like, oh, I really expected that they were it would be longer, mm-hmm. and that and they then... really condensed parts that could have stood to have a little more room to breathe, and then they gave this room to to breathe and it probably should have should have choked it a little bit yeah uh, i'm looking i'm trying to find this him saying this line and uh mm. it's so far i haven't run across it yeah. but i'll let you know um there really other than that uh really not much star wars news there was a clip from south by southwest yeah uh, where disney imagineers uh they've They've kind of rolled this out before. They're working on a lightsaber for use by use in the park um, by park personnel, uh, and they've showed it off in public before. But I think we've got a better view of it this time. Raj, you want to? They dream up things clip? like this. So what you're seeing is a lightsaber being. Yeah, this is ignited. one of the head head disney park people he has a lightsaber he's holding it with both hands and he's kind of swinging swinging it around and and it's um probably the most he's shown it off in in public he's holding it in one hand and and eric was kind of telling us uh in in our pre-show meeting about some of the technology behind this yeah and so if you watch the video one thing that's weird is you see a lot of artifacting going on with the the like the reflection of the blade. You see it down there on the guy's hand, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think that's um, a camera problem necessarily right. drawing that yeah. line. But w- let it play a little bit more. Sure. Um, and, I mean, I guess it could be. But the camera isn't shaking enough to have that thing shaking like that in it. But keep keep going because you'll see it. No, you see, you see it's on the screen. behind him. 
and yeah, now way yeah, in front yeah. of them. Uh, and it almost appears yeah. as if what they're trying to do is project it. Because one of the things they mentioned, one like idea they were trying out is essentially it, you had to be in a specific room and there was a grid that would track the tip of the lightsaber. And go, go, that go back would... just like, I'm sorry, just go back like five seconds, please. It's refraction from the, it's, it's off the camera lens. It's not bending to the... Oh, is it's that not bending the to the shape of any of the items like in the oh, foreground. Interesting. Oh, you're right. Let's uh, let's roll it again. It, it doesn't bend when it hits. When it doesn't wood. hit when it hits the podium or anything. When it hit the podium, or yeah, it doesn't yeah. bend there. It's refracting from the it's... lens of the camera. But why is that? What's the movement from? Because the camera itself is not shaken nearly enough. Right. Right. That's oh, what I mean. It could true. be an image stabilization thing. That could be. Um, but I don't even know that why I would ignore even that, that seems one a little too wild for image stabilization. Particular thing, but because you don't. But regardless, right. one of the things that I saw is they had a patent uh, application for something like this, and essentially what it did was like used a wireframe that was like imagine like two tape, tape measures, mm -hmm. and what would happen is they would extend. And it's like their natural state is to want to be extended. And they were dragging behind almost like a super strong, like mylar balloon sort of shape with them that pulled out. And then that would be like filled with a gas. And that's what was producing the light. And that's how they were able to control the end of it. Hmm. Right. Ah. Otherwise, it would just go so off forever. Like, like a condom going up. Yeah, basically, yeah, like a like a big condom. And then whenever it retracts, it's the ex it's exact opposite. It's like when you've got the tape measure up and you pop the lock and let it mm -hmm. zoom oh, back yeah. into the thing, mm -hmm. and that that's how they're controlling it is something similar to that. Now it's probably not spring loaded. It's probably motor driven, so that they can control the pace of it. It's probably motor driven both directions. So but, key question, uh, Struthers, is how long until you're going to do this on your lightsabers. This is the one you're building next week, right? Right? Yeah, it's probably never. Uh, <laughs> very expensive. I think that's the only thing people care about is when can I get one of these from you? Yeah. Now, the bad thing about this is, is I would imagine if it's built like that, you could never bump it into anything. Or or swing mm. it around. Yeah, I, you wouldn't I, be able to swing it violently. It has to just be like this. Yeah. 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 They were controlled, and they said that this was the most he's... Because this he's he's the one who's given the other presentations with it, and this is the most he's actually moved it around. Ah, this is the most he's ever moved around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not doing much. Yeah, he's being pretty just, ginger with it. Yeah, he looks he looks like Kenobi from New Hope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this. Hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's neat as can be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super neat, and I'm sure it's yeah, crazy I take one. <laughs> expensive. Well, according to the New York Post, Disney mm -hmm. unveils real lightsaber at South by Southwest. People don't care. That's their uh, headline. What? So, what? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're talking about. Strongly I completely disagree. disagree, but okay. Yeah, no, this thing looks awesome. I don't know what the, the hell they're the talking about. The New York about. Post is known Post to make they, stuff up. Yeah, they, they don't Post care. Yeah. Yeah. What? They suck. <laughs> Um, they have some cool yeah. headlines, though. <laughs> yeah, their headline head, guy's great. Their headless body and topless about. bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have great sports ones, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <sighs> and then uh, finally for Star Wars, we got a new trailer. Um, 
this week for a documentary yeah. about the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, let's. Uh, I haven't seen this yet. I heard this is I mean, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I heard. That's what they're claiming. So That doesn't mean anything. 1978, Lucasfilm made a huge mistake. They prefer we all forget the Star Wars holiday special. Lucasfilm is still saying, Mark, we shouldn't talk about that. Uh, you, nobody is allowed to mention this. No, you don't remember it? It is so bad, it's not good. You have to see the Star Wars holiday special to believe it. The Emperor said we can't show the special in this trailer, but rest assured you will see all the clips you can handle in the documentary film, A Disturbance in the Force. The Star Wars holiday special is sort of like the holy grail. I wanted to see this more than I wanted to live. We're starving as fans for anything Star Wars. So funny and so stupid at the same time. <laughs> Wait a minute, is it scum and villainy? Yeah, How did this yeah. villainy. Yeah. To oh find answers, we traveled back and experienced the insanity of 1970s variety television. When 70s right. TV was bad, <laughs> there was no description for it. How in the world is Donnie George Lucas allowing yeah. this to happen? You intergalactic fool. Think you know about the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special? I'm going to do a documentary about this Vader voice actor. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, 45 years in the making. Shades of the original Star Wars trailer there. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. the slow so, yeah. zoom in and... They've done their homework. Yeah. Now, hey, I'll, the, I'll watch it. Have you I'll ever seen the holiday special in it completely? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Yeah. Now, so this, I saw it on network television. Mm-hmm. It, and I, because I remember being like super oh, wow. bummed out that like there's a scene where Lumpy comes and finds his Bantha stuffed animal that the head's been popped off by one of the stormtroopers and he, like tries to put it back on and, and it's real sad. And that like broke my heart because I was at that age where my stuffed animals were like my best friends and I didn't have any real friends and I still don't. But uh, yeah, it was rough, man. But even then when I was a kid and wanted everything Star Wars, I was like, I don't, I'm not sure if that was good. And it's, it is off the rails. If you've never seen it, it's findable. Okay. So maybe go check it out. If, if you're it came B. Out Arthur, now, be people stand, are liking it. Yeah, good news. No. You're going to love it. Good night, but not goodbye. A great song in it that's uh, quite <laughs> delightful. Um, B. Arthur. Yeah. Chewbacca's, uh, um, was it his dad? His father, yeah. Headset. yeah, it was uh, like watching hollow porn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, it's a scene, man. It was a sensual re- performance. It was did I ever tell you the porn. most? The most disappointed I've ever been in my life. I had a dream. This was a few months ago that Lucasfilm opened up the vault and that the original Star Wars holiday special somehow George convinced the Beatles to get back together. And they did, like, instead of what we got, the original Star Wars Holiday Special had the Beatles getting back together, and it was awesome, but they vaulted, and then I, like, so, like, I'm, like, dreaming this whole thing, and then I wake up, and I'm like, 
fuck. I hate reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the worst. When you wake up with something like that. Oh, man, that's hard. Let it but be. But, like, if because George probably had that much pull in 1978. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably did. John yeah. and, you know, John and Paul were hanging out anyway. They almost went yeah. on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to so live cool. in that alternate universe. Yeah, you know, Carlin would have been there probably too. Oh, yeah, damn, yeah, that'd be cool. Well, thanks, Keith Tom. Mm-hmm. Thank sure, you for that. For uh, Star Wars. Yeah, that's a lot for Star Wars. So appreciate it, Boo. Do you have uh, any bits? Oh yeah, just just a couple. Okay, great. Oh my bad, I forgot about this one. So <laughs> into B. Arthur's performance there. Uh, bits, it better be. Oh, yeah, it's his bike. It's bits, I tell you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's bits. It's bits. Uh, I just kibbled my bits. You know, when that uh, when that uh, that Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart movie comes out, Strays, where they play dogs, mm-hmm. you're going to have to switch out or you're going to have to add some clips to that. That movie looks no, like pretty funny. You guys haven't oh, seen the trailer. It looks pretty funny. Wait, you're encouraging him to add more to that? Oh, well, it's not going away. That- so I might as well make it better. Yeah. yeah. He wants me yeah. to switch out the urination of... Uh- the dog on him. Sure, whatever. Yeah, you want two dogs? Well, there's oh. there's there there's a funny scene two, where they're like two dogs like and a boo humping like lawn ornaments. Like one big dog is like humping like a fake deer, and then the other dog is like <laughs> humping a gnome. No, oh, you're, you're giving me idea. Hey, hey. Well, at least I make it better. Yeah. Um, someone else is hoping to make something else better. Uh, James nice. Gunn. Is going to uh, officially Ooh. direct uh, Superman Legacy. Oh, yeah. So mm. uh, talked about That's this previously when they had their own little DC announcement thing of their chapters and instead of phases and all that fun shit. Uh, so this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> go off of a younger Clark Kent when he's still living at home a little bit, maybe towards the end where he's becoming to his own man and wanting to actually become Superman and stuff like that. You know, case in point, legacy. Yeah, I guess the beginning of his legacy. So that'd be cool to see. Besides that, not real much information. Nothing really um, notable there. Did we see Clark Kent going through puberty? How does I? How do, I think after how that, would Mark? How would he like? Oh no! Here we you go. know, like how would he do that? Very quickly. I'm just like saying, his like jazz money would shoot through walls and shit. Of yeah, all the Superman right? movies, my least favorite part, I think, is when he's a teenager. Really, yeah. I didn't. I I didn't mind it. it it's it kind of sucks because you know his dad's gonna die. Yeah, because it's one of those where what? you're like, okay, he's like being an he's asshole. crying in the barn and all that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin Costner. I was I, I, I prefer the Superman dad. where his dad still lives and he goes back home and sees him. He's like, hey, mom and dad, I came came home for some apple pie. How are you guys doing? How's the but farm? Yeah. That means we're probably going to get him as a football player though. Mm-hmm. Cause that's one of the things about Superman. He was an yeah, amazing yeah, football player, like a legitimate, yeah. well, Smallville. Yeah. He shouldn't be a quarterback though. That'd be kind of bullshit. I no, was, I think he was just a, a, like a linebacker, but this kind of guy. Yeah. Just yeah. murdering everyone. Dude. Taking he heads off. So many people CT. Yeah. <laughs> yes. he, he also boxed oh, Muhammad Ali. Yes, he oh, did. Yes. Yeah, Can he we did. get that? Can we get like Superman That's Creed Muhammad Ali won crossover? Them, I think. That's funny. I think so. Yeah. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, Ali did win. Yeah, he did win. Yeah, he had kryptonite gloves. My That's favorite version of, you didn't of need uh, him, Superman. He just doesn't need him. Dude. Is Henry Cavill's uh, Superman? So maybe we can get back to that one day. 
He was cool. Your favorite Superman? Don't hold your breath. Yeah, I love Cavill. Was like the shit, man. Favorite Superman? Yeah, no. My favorite Superman. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Reeves was amazing because he was the first one. But yeah, Cavill was Superman for me, man. Like, Hmm. what? Who's your favorite Superman? George was the first. No, Christopher Reeves all the way. The the animated. I'd even say no. I mean, I'm talking about feature films. Feature films. I know George. I know. I used to actually I know, watch I'm that talking every about morning when I was Yeah, I did too. I did. That was cool at the beginning when he's so fucking cool, on the man. moon and shit. He was on an iron board. Yeah. <laughs> but his shit was too tight. You get, his bulge was running around everywhere. It was weird. It was like, it scared me when I was a kid. Was like, I know, but I was like a kid and I saw a black and white, you know, moose knuckle in my face the whole time. I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. My favorite Superman? Sorry, go ahead, King Tom. I was going to say, they need to do a movie with uh, <laughs> Superman against Dracula. Superman will never win. Yeah. Because Dracula not? only operates in the evenings, and Superman can't go near the crypt tonight. Oh, oh, oh shit. <sighs> shit. There you up, go, James Gunn. Where's that level up? That's, yeah, James yeah. Gunn, man. James you know Gunn. That, that deserves this? a level up. Ooh, that was a good mm. one. That was a good one. Hey, um, by the way, we forgot. There's a voicemail. Uh, well, after your boobits, there's a, a voicemail that Avery has for Star Wars. And there was a star, the other Star Wars news that we totally forgot to talk about. There's the the Rogue One stuff. Uh, can you oh, talk? yeah. yeah Shit, we forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Boo. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it after your boobits. Yeah, yeah. No, sounds good. Uh, previously, we talked about uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey being great friends and you know working well together and stuff like that. There are They are yeah. working on something else that is really ah. interesting. Yeah, something okay. garage that you might like a lot. They are making another show. Making another show. It's going to be a comedy series on Apple TV Plus. Oh, yeah. Comedy. The, yeah, the series is a. Uh, it, this is their little you know, synopsis quote thing. Uh, the series is a odd couple love story that follows Matthew and Woody's friendship as it's tested when their combined families attempt to live together. <laughs> so it's yeah, kind of like okay. a cheaper by the dozen. But they don't right. marry each other, so yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm down with that. I right. I, I, I thought it sounded funny. I was like, all right, I, I'll, I'll yeah. I love both of those guys. Um, yeah, now to be honest, I think that's about all. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I think that's about all I got. Okay, okay. A little bit light on the bits. Uh, hey, the bit that's okay because we still have Last of Us, the season finale, and that's a lot to talk about. Um, and. Uh, Let's uh, listen to Avery's uh, voicemail about Star Wars this week in Star Wars. Hey, Sith List. Hope you're all doing well. Avery here. Um, hope the uh, time change is treating you all pretty well, as it's just kerfuddled it my brain. But hey, Star you Wars like this week was pretty damn good. Uh, finally got caught Sun up outside. on the Bad Batch. I had fallen behind there. really liked your guys' commentary on the last couple of episodes. Uh, this episode... Reminded me a lot of Interstellar, especially the giant waves. <laughs> so um, oh, I wonder if you guys felt that same way yeah. about that. It's kind of cool how they're tying cloning and that kind of storyline into the cloning storylines that we're seeing in Mandalorian. Uh, you know, and I've really enjoyed the theories about cloning, how it ties into the sequel trilogy and Palpatine's return and everything. That's pretty cool. Um, but Mandalorian this week was awesome. Uh, really liked seeing Coruscant in the post-Return of the Jedi era. Uh, it's not something 
that we saw in the sequel trilogy. I have missed it in that kind of era. So it was cool to see it. And I really like Dr. Pershing. I really feel for him. Um, kind of saw it coming from a mile away that he was going to be betrayed like that. Spoiler alert. But um, it was interesting because it, I, I, I wondered about how the First Order was going to return or at least how they were going to show it um, returning. And one of the theories that I had for a while, because I hadn't really read the book, so maybe King Tom, you can elaborate on this more since you've read more of the the novels and everything and you, you, you're King Tom. So uh, where is, is it kind of like a Hydra situation with Marvel? You know, like Hydra was inside a shield was the first order or just Imperial sympathizers in general inside the new Republic. Is that what we can assume? Uh, Alina, what's her name? The woman that betrayed Pershing this episode. Can we assume that she's kind of working both sides? It seems like she's working for the new Republic, but she might secretly be still working for Imperial, Imperial remnants, uh, one of which could be the first order. I I don't know. Um, maybe you guys can elaborate more on that. What's your theories? And my last thing I want to add: Did anybody notice that when Pershing and Alina, I think is her name, were at that like fair or festival, uh, when they're looking at that stone, whatever it's supposed to be, uh, you can hear March of the Resistance playing in the background. Um, I don't know what <laughs> instruments did, they no, were, but no, yeah, I definitely picked podcast. up on March of the Resistance. So that was a cool little nod to the sequels. <laughs> and I hope we get more nods to the sequel trilogy going forward with all the new Star Wars content. So that's all I had this week. You guys take care. Avery out. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you, Avery, by the way. You always come through with great voicemails. Uh, King Tom, yeah, I want to elaborate on this. Uh yeah, we don't know, like, the whole story, but the books do give some of it. I'm trying to think of the, the easiest way to put it. Um, a lot of this comes out in the excellent novel Bloodline, um, where which is set maybe about six years before The Force Awakens. Um, and in that, the, 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 the First Order is a myth, um, where a lot of people think, okay, because it's been, you know, so many decades of peace, the Imperials are done with the reality is you know they've been building in the um unknown regions you know the the palpatine had a bunch of people just leave for the unknown regions and they were evolving you know using the worlds of the unknown regions as a base taking people for their army um building ships and so the army itself was amassing uh, and then in the Senate, they were, they, the Senate was basically getting nothing done. There were people who wanted, um, and th- these were people in political positions of power. There were people who did not want a strong central government. Uh, and then people who wanted a strong central government. And the people who wanted the strong central government, a lot of them were imperial sympathizers. And some of them knew something was going on. And the plan was to use these militia groups to kind of cause terrorist attacks. And then the First Order would come in and the strong central government people would basically say, this is the the military we need. Mm. Uh, that plan kind of got foiled by uh, Princess Leia. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and there there are, there was a whole another issue about that. But then there's another layer on that that was revealed in the Rise of Skywalker and the Rise of Skywalker novelization that even as the First Order was home to these Imperials for decades, there was also the Final Order, which was being built on Exegol, and 
occasionally people from the First Order would just disappear, and it turns out they were going to form the Final Order. So, like, the, the best officers of the First Order were called off to work. for Palpatine. Hmm. Right. Did we just go out? Everybody just go out for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Just for a second. Yeah. Yeah. All I got out of that is somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> somehow. And he had somehow, <laughs> somehow he had people working for him. Right. That's not all I got, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kick Tom. Um, I see, uh, Randy, you found some, some cool thing, like a YouTube video about how this thing works, huh? Uh, Slash Gear did a write-up uh, based on the patent that Disney uh, had for it, and they're kind of like breaking down how the... It's kind of elaborate on what Eric was saying with the uh, two tape measures of how it works. I haven't like read it all the way through, but it is a pretty interesting article. It looks right, like cool. they have a pretty good sense of how it probably works. All right. Well, yeah, it looks pretty rad. Um, there's a video, a little preview that comes with it um, also, which is pretty no, I pretty think that's cool. for uh, that Star Cruiser uh Oh, attraction. is it? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That's the thing they do with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's so what I said earlier about um, Rogue One, one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time, and I started getting FOMO with Celebration because of this um new you wanted yeah Eric, well, it's king time you know about this right oh yeah um yeah uh they got a deleted scene they're gonna be showing in london it's a short scene of krennic getting a haircut they're calling it the director's cut rogue one's got some great clips <laughs> that was a whole setup from the from the beginning <laughs> And, I got a, okay, so I stole that from someone on got, Twitter. I sent it to Araj, and, and his reaction and This was motherfucker like, sends me this thing. I'm running around the whole office going, Rogue One's got more clips, more more, more movies, more uh, scenes and shit. For the people that love Star Wars, and they're all excited about it. And then he sends me the, uh, the punchline. I'll give line. it to you. I'll give you the, uh, this gave me even more FOMO. That was a nice yeah. setup. That was a really nice Thank setup. Thank you, yeah. I Good tried job. to set that up the whole time, yeah. Thank Good you. job. Good. Araj really you, wanted man. me to share that one on the show. Yeah, yeah. That Boo gave very me upset about it. F-O-H-M, man. Fear of hearing more. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, man. I appreciate a good, good solid dad joke. That was that Right, was that was pretty good. good. Yeah. I, I, Kryptonite really was like that was the gold standard tonight. Let's be fair. They can't all be that. That yeah, one no. was good. That's like that was good. every hundred episodes good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rush. Gotta wait. Hey. To, yeah. You know, oh, no. 45. You know, no, he said he said good. I, I still do them. <laughs> so we know. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Let's do some yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, some Last of Us. Randy, All take right. it away, we buddy. The, uh, finale for The Last of Us this last Sunday. Um, episode Look for the Light. Uh, we had a uh, flashback of um, Ellie's mom, which was a new uh, scene that wasn't featured in the original story. Um, we had a little bit of a Joel and Ellie uh, bonding before they made it to the hospital, and then the choice is made, and then there's a big lie. 
that's pretty much the summary of the episode, essentially. Um, yeah. Is that quick? Let's start too? with uh, kind of the takeaways of just this episode. I'd like to talk a little bit about like the series as a whole or the season as a whole, yeah. but um, let's, uh, whoever wants to start off with something they'd like to talk about as far as the episode. Ooh, you want to go first, man? Sure, sure. Um, uh, n- not knowing much about the game, mm. I, I, I knew a little bit, but not much. I'm, I'm watching the show with fresh eyes. Um, and people are saying, you know, they're, they're judging Joel for his decision and stuff like that. Um, I have no problem with it and it fits perfectly in line with Joel's character and who he is and what he's done and what he's been through. So I think people watching the show, I'm like, you're not watching it kind of thing, or you, you're, you're not paying attention. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, are, is it, is it, is not to be rude or mean is it a desire to be naive of how shows are or how people really are or is it that people are naive because if i were to say you know say to somebody you need to sacrifice your child for the greater of you know for the greater good the answer of i i hope i hope 99 percent of people are gonna be the same exact answer of joel of well i'm gonna kill everybody until i get my kid back i hope I hope that's the answer for 99 people. Randy asked me really that question well, yeah, right afterwards. That's, that's yeah. the easiest like jumping off point from that scene is would you do that kind of thing? And I, I think an interesting thing about that is what they ask people who have kids. And if you have a kid, there's a hundred percent chance that you will say, I would have <laughs> yes. done the same thing. If you I don't, don't even have, have kids, children, I agree. Well, and if you don't have kids, there's a 50 50 percent chance that you'll go like either way. And then the other half is wrong. Or you'll be empathetic (laughs) to what Joel did. So I I think it's more, and I think just true of just about anything in this this story is that it's kind of like a thought experiment in all cases. If you want to be right about something, you're not going to be right about something because there's two different shades of gray, and you can just choose whatever side you want to be on. Plus, plus uh, HBO has just pushed this idea of, of there are no like a lot of their shows, especially re, uh, of of recent. Nobody's good. Nobody's you know these are true people. These are real people. Oh, you like you you like Ned Stark, huh? Yeah, he's fucking god. Yeah. Oh, you think Joel is a nice person? It's a good episode, and you know he wants puns and he wants a good. You know, yeah, you hit me with some puns, you know, that kind of thing. And then he murders 20 people, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. I think the uh, I think the more like interesting decision in that episode is how he handles it with Ellie. Oh, I'm lying. Yeah. Well, yeah, him, him lying about it, I think, is the more interesting thing, considering how well their relationship had built up to this point and that he couldn't trust her. And the one person she thought she could trust, like totally lies to him about something very important. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the interesting dialogue that I thought was between uh, Joel and uh, what's your name? The, the leader of the Fireflies. Mar- Marlene. 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 Marlene, where they talk about choice. They talk about choice and, and stuff like that. And then the entire time I'm like, well, you should have given her that opportunity. You right. know, uh, yeah. Joel says, well, you know, he says, you know, choice. But in the end, he still lies to her. I was like, well, then if you were so butthurt and so upset that she wasn't given the choice, she's just being lied to and forced to be a, uh, a Petri dish, essentially. Then in the end, you should have given her the choice and said, look, this is what they were going to do to you. I 
I wanted you to, I, I did all of that in order to give you this choice that you didn't have in the end. Do you still want to go through with it knowing that you're going to die? You're going to, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be hopefully the, you know, the cure for humanity, hopefully, but you're going to die. What is your, your choice? This is your life, your choice. What is it? And I, <clears throat> I thought in the end, I was like, I, the, the lie, I was like, God damn it. Why did you lie? You just, you, you fought for her to give her a choice of to live or to die. And now you're just lying to her about it. Well, I think because damn. he thought that she would never forgive him for doing it's, that. It's not that. And, and, and it's, it's not that, Araj. He had already went too far. What, what do they do then? What do they do after he wiped out everyone in that um, little area? You know what I mean? Then yeah, what? They, no then they got to go track down another Firefly doctor and say, right. oh, yeah, I killed all of those people. And I told her. And then what? You know, or, yeah, oh, let's true. go back to where Tommy is and say, hey, yeah. Tommy, you know, uh, I killed them because they were going to kill her. But she is immune. And if there's a doctor here who can potentially extract a cure from her, what are they going to do? Well, this lot. Yeah, this lie is going to become a tumbleweed situation here. It, oh, it's, it's going totally to get so massive be an avalanche. because yeah, he has to lie to everybody now. It's a snowball yeah. for sure. Yeah, but, well, I think that what makes it like the big thing is that it, it was Marlene in particular. I think you might have been able to say like, "Hey, these soldiers were trying to stop me," but the fact that he kills Marlene that becomes very personal to Ellie because although she wasn't like yeah. super tight with Marlene, they had a totally different kind of relationship. Yes. Right, she was still like yeah. a caretaker to a degree. Right, 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 right. But Marlene was, was ready to um, give her up, though. You know well, what yeah, I mean? Well, they have Randy? to have the two sides of the coin. Yeah, like, these are two people that were their caretaker, but she was never like a parent. She was a caretaker. Yeah. And That's the other true. one is a parent and made the other decision. Like, it's two sides of the same thing. It was interesting. Remember uh, the episode where they're in Wyoming? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's about to leave her with uh, Tommy? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, he... They set this up at the time. I thought it was really funny because it kind of gives you an idea of like what that scene actually means. He's all when he's like getting his horse ready. He's all, yeah. I just think you, uh, he's all, I was going to leave. But I think you should have a choice. They did that on purpose because uh, it was actually yeah. for him. It was never for Ellie. He stayed for himself because he sure. didn't want it. He couldn't handle leaving. It was never a choice for Ellie. And, and, again, and, he, like, and he saved her selfishly for himself exactly. as well. Yeah. Yeah give you like an idea of like the internal character well and that's that's a big piece of it the turning point was him saving her from the the psychos right the the cult people because what he did is that's the closest he had ever become to another person since his daughter died and and that opened this wound in him that he didn't think would ever heal it just kind of would get to where it was nagging him in the background and because one of the things that ellie said is you know time heals all wounds he said it's not time that did it and he meant it was her it was yeah. you that did this and it's only now Great healed scene. and because there's he carried so much pain for so long that when he's faced with this it's not just about saving her it's about saving himself because he feels like i can't go back to this desolate fog that i've been living in my entire life and it was brutal. I mean, here's the deal, man. Having kids does make it different. And I don't want to open a whole can of worms. But for most people, until you experience it, you can't adequately conceptualize the realities of it. You think you can. 
but you honestly can't until you're the sole caretaker of somebody that relies completely on you and it goes past like for example having pets you know i used to always say that my pets are literally like my children if it was Mm -hmm. if it came down to like if i had to lose one you you know what i mean they're they're it's exact same but it's not and i'm gonna tell you why it's because this little person you're you're responsible for their potential you're responsible for all of these things and it like colors what you feel like you owe them and that that is like a heavy burden in a in a good way but also it's just like another layer of complexity to this so for him to be faced with all of this and now this thing that there's a good chance it's not going to work and is he willing to have her sacrificed in this manner and now he's back to square one on you know, he spent the last, what, 20 years, 25 years, just miserable. How long has it been? 20 years. Yeah. Years, you know. And so, I mean, that would be an incredibly difficult choice. Now, what I was surprised with is what he chose to tell her mm-hmm. happened. You know, I think it would be, he he could have done himself a favor <laughs> by modifying that lie slightly and saying that there were other people like you. And every single one of them they operated on died. They couldn't make mm-hmm. this work out. You were the last one. And they, their, the amount of hope was none. And I couldn't accept it. I had to save you from that because they were going to kill you for nothing. That's where right. I would have gone with it if I had to live with lying. So like, like, like a modified lie. Right, because it's closer to right. the truth. And well, so, that actually, yeah, that yeah. actually is the, in the original story, that is the truth. That they had tested on numerous people uh-huh. and okay. not got the result. I think they decided to pull that away because they wanted to make it more of a personal decision mm-hmm. rather exactly. than a logical yeah. one. Gotcha. Especially gotcha. like I when assume, you come out of the episode yeah. before, where the one time like he's not there for her, something really bad happens to her. Mm-hmm. Like you set him in this like yeah. situation where you can't think logically at that point. Like he's afraid of failing, and then he mm-hmm. he has to make that decision. Like right. character wise, it. Pro- Totally makes sense, but if we're right. talking about pragmatism, yeah, different thing. Yeah, uh, from how they executed mm. it, the whole thing, I thought it was tremendous. I thought the acting was great. You know, with Ellie and her, just the like PTSD of the situation, where mm-hmm. she couldn't snap out of it, and that's one of the things that made Joel so happy is when they ran into those giraffes, and it was a moment. You know, because that's what he was doing. I want to hear some puns. I want to do this, doing anything he can to snap her out of this without going. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened to you and see if we can get past it. Because what he wants to do is to get past it right now and bring yeah. back some levity to the situation. So when they see right. the giraffes and she's like giggling and and great CGI on the giraffes, by the way. It was a real giraffe. Actually, the uh, CGI. I, I'm the, kidding. I know. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, oh, you're kidding. Oh, like, the I leaves know. were CGI, though, of I, all things. Yeah. What about yeah. crazy? Giraffe yeah, the leaves. leaves. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was really cool. And um, I have to admit, I would probably feel the same way because I've always been incredibly intrigued by giraffes. But uh, yeah, man, mm. I, I thought the position he was in. And here's the deal. I love scenes like that where something inside a guy just snaps and we just talked about it last week with Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven where he mm-hmm. just methodically goes through town and kills every single person in his way 
and John they, Wick that, had that building. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what Joel did. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. The cinematography was really good. Like whenever he dropped mm-hmm. the one rifle that, and it was laying on the ground, and he picks up the other one, mm-hmm. and just the way they focused on the butt of that gun and how it had like a piece of foam just duct taped to the back of it. Right. And I don't know. There's something about that that I was that was really yeah. Striking. It's a cool shot how they're like out of frame the whole time, and all you see is the exchange of actual guns. You don't actually mm-hmm. see the, uh, him like rummaging through the guy or anything like that. Was that an homage to the game? Because it felt like I was playing a game at that point. At at some points of it, is that I mean, how like the, the, game... the the point of view and it's behind him? It is, but I think yeah. for the most part, uh, just that one initial part. I do like what they did, how they uh, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they kind of like drown out the uh, actual background, mm-hmm. like the actual gunfight while they had the yeah. music playing over. It's a nice little mm-hmm. Very touch. Cool. Very cool. It's almost cool like, touch, a, yeah. you know, seeing like tunnel vision. Well, and I think, you know, we've, I'm sure, all been in situations where the way they play it off in movies, like how it sounds to the person, like after they've been near an explosion and everything sounds like you've got your hands cupped over your ears. I've been in situations like that where I was in a pretty bad accident in a a motorcycle accident and I didn't, nothing happened to me that would attribute to my hearing sounding like that. But it did because my, I was so focused on getting to the girl that was with me who was telling me she can't move her legs and I'm trapped under this motorcycle and it's still running and the chains just like gnawing my leg. I'm trying to claw myself along the pavement to get to her. And it's like people are yelling and carrying on and it sounded like, and so when that happens, I think, you know, that's, that's very realistic in that sense, the way they portray what it must feel like for him. And how he right. just becomes so matter of fact about it. The guy putting his gun down and begging him not to shoot him, and he just shoots him in the face because by then he's like, mm-hmm. "No, I'm all in on this. I'm all in," and killing the doctor immediately. Oh, and that doctor that holding up the scalpel. I won't let you take her. Yeah, that was yeah. my favorite part. I'm like, you, wow. you, I was like, you have no idea what he's just done. You are a yeah. right, or you yeah. are a, a bug on the wall. Yeah. And it's yeah, what's it's not wild. Like even there's joy or anger. He's yeah. just kind of just like cutting through no, people. He's like indifferent. Without, yeah, totally indifferent. What's wild to me is like, have you ever heard? I mean, we've all heard guns discharged, right? You ever heard one in a building? <laughs> Everybody would have heard every effing shot and been like, what? Oh, yeah. The what? The doctor right. would not have been surprised for a second At that somebody all. busted. I mean, it would have shocked him, but like, he yeah. would have known what he had done because he's been hearing gunshots this whole time. But anyhow, it, like she had headphones on. <laughs> but leave it, I, leaving those two nurses alive is what's going to come back to bite him in the ass at Jackson. One of them is going to come back and tell Ellie the exactly and Tommy exactly what went down. Ooh, That's the I only way Ellie, Joel I think, would shoot can, all these people. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the guy that shot everybody and killed everybody mm-hmm. and left us two alive. That's that's <laughs> my that's I, that. Oh. I don't think Tommy would would judge him. I, I think Tommy no, would but get someone's it. that aftermath. Is not yeah. over, dude. Oh someone's no, someone's coming. Someone's coming. Fireflies I are coming. That wasn't just the rest of you know, it. May not just be the fireflies. The fireflies are definitely organized yeah. group of people in yeah, the world. That's true. I think yeah, the fireflies but, aren't as organized as a as the graffiti says. I think it's more of a mm-hmm. an idea yeah. than an yeah. actual movement. Right. Um, that's what I feel. But I really do feel that the next season, I, I just know that there's a character that's coming. 
because they casted her already, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and I, I don't know, know the deal, but something tells me that this person is hell bent on revenge. Well, I think more than likely going to pay the price. This I something don't, sounds in very, more ways you know, than yeah. one. He's more than likely going to pay the price in more ways than one. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to lose Ellie, I think, because this it's the burden of this lie is too much. It, it's one thing to lie about well, something. Revenge would be the, the burden the daughter of the dude. That, that, that I don't know. I don't know. I just have a feeling that that's all. That's the all, only thing I can think of. The revenge was all going to triangulate on. Yeah, all going to triangulate onto Joel, and he's paying for it by losing trust and that bond with Ellie. I feel, and he may end up paying with his life. I think it could be Dracula. And Dracula it could be. Could ha- it, it, I mean. But then Dracula would just fall in love with Pedro Pascal. Let's be honest here. That's like, funny. It's Who would, Pedro yeah. Pascal. Like, I like the touch um, they added where when he's uh, being vulnerable with Ellie, where he's no longer like clamoring just to make her happy. Mm. Um, when he uh, tells her about how he tried to off himself after Sarah yes. died. That was a nice touch that they added that in there because they had been peppering it with like things about his hearing being bad and everything. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I could see that. But there was an actual direct reason Mm -hmm. that they added uh, more weight to like, and they find found a way to tie it into the relationship how it would grow. So that was a cool touch. And not only that, he he flinched, he flinched. So Mm -hmm. to me, I think he. I think I brought this up when we watched it is um, he can't go through another round of this because he doesn't know if he's going to be able to actually, even if he can't live with it, he's going to be stuck. As you said, Randy, we were talking oh, about it in, yeah, in a purgatory, right, right. but a, yeah. who knows if he can actually go through with it. But he yeah. said, I don't know why I flinched. I flinched. And not only that, and, we also get Ellie completely opening herself up and telling him how she had to kill her friend. Mm-hmm. And Joel opening up about her daughter to Ellie. And they both had growth moments at that point because he was like, he said it like it was nothing. And it was, uh, you don't say her word, you don't say her name, we don't talk about her. No. Now it was like, yeah, she did this and did that. And they were very comfortable talking about um, his daughter. Towards the end, though, when he's like talking about her, it's kind of like, it's almost cringe. Like how open he's being. How easy. It's it's almost like he's like supplanting her with. Elliot. Yeah. Well, he did call right. her baby girl as well. Well, and he kept comparing yeah. and comparing, and then I think at some point, like in the moment, like, though, I'm, I'm sick of talking about her. And yeah, then she right. Goes how we like, you know, like it was one of those like, mm-hmm. uh, this is just carrying it and going through the motions. Well, you would have liked her. You guys would have got along. Yeah. Right. What happens in that spot? In listen, I've had something very similar happen in my own life where somebody that was supposed to be there for me emotionally suddenly needed me to be there for them emotionally in a transactional way for Mm -hmm. for like a parent child relationship right or suddenly my my parent figure it it was my parent i just i've already thrown it out there it was suddenly needing me to reassure them constantly when i was still just a dumbass kid ultimately and that's what happened there where suddenly I'm like, no, no, she's like, I've just been through this thing, my man. Mm-hmm. And you are plainly using me to represent your daughter in your life, which that's great. But it just that's why it came off and why she 
reacted the way she did because no, the transaction of this is should be the other way. Um, and yeah, that that makes it that makes it hard. Yeah, it's weird that they bookend it like that. Where at the beginning of the episode he's stammering and said, "Try to make her happy," and then towards the end of the episode he's stammering to like fight off the guilt of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like he's repeating himself, saying the same things. Like, "Oh no, you got a nice smile too." Oh yeah, she was a girl. You are too. Right. Like he's just like stepping over himself, trying to like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. There was a hint of mania in his. In his yeah, reactions. exactly. You know, he had become manic at that point, and it's listen, I, I get it. It's that's a oh, hard yeah, thing to clamp down on, but uh, it was tough to see, and it wasn't helping her deal with her situation. In a way, it may have been uh, distracting her from her personal situation. She's like, "Now I got to deal with this," but uh, it was it was hard. You know? Yeah, it's just it's interesting to see such like nuanced character work. To see all these like little extra things you pick up, you're like, "Oh man, they really went in on this thing." Uh, Randy, I, I have a question. Game wise, uh, you don't have to answer it, but do we get a do we get an answer about her choice? From this from this last episode, I can't really say. Okay, all right, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That yeah, did if you had answered or not, that's fine. Okay, I mean the lot. I mean the logical. The logical thing is that that lie has to Surface. be dealt with. Yeah. Yo, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So anything that happens back. has to deal with that, right? In some way. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I just got to not get spoiled from the second game. You know, that's going to once they do a little bit of casting, it's going to be hard to avoid. No, I need to. Somebody listen, listeners, (laughs) somebody benevolent or a benefactor, right? Get me a PS5. I'll pay for the game myself. That's just (laughs) what a stand up guy I am. And I will play that and give you a full report on my thoughts on it. And that somebody should be Haas, Haas on high potion. Pause on High Potion, get him a PS5, let him play it, and then ask him to come on and, and talk have, about it. Have a Raj and Les come on to talk about it. <laughs> I just, I knew it was yes, coming. Yes, <laughs> yes, Because he wants me to talk about Pitfall and Frogger and combat. And you told him that you just like cut videos for that stuff. Yeah, I just like have backgrounds. I don't really don't play it. But he's like, I like how you have it on the background. Right. So come on High Potion. I said, yeah, yeah, of course, if you really need me. Yeah. Come on, high potion. Right. Um, but yeah, right. He's going to have you come on and talk about Red Dead 2. <laughs> yes. wow, y'all are just really going for it. Y'all are really trying here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. King Tom yeah. is next. Like, it's, it's, you also wanted me to talk we'll about how to play guitar. And I was like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. just, I've, I've done some hero. rock band. I just, yeah, rock band and guitar hero. He's like, that's one, you know, I know you're a big gamer. And I said, yeah, musically, I do rock band, guitar hero. So, um, yeah. Oh, uh, just really quickly. Uh, sure. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about that episode? I just want to mention a couple of things about the actual season. Uh, it was no, quick I- and it was action packed and I, it was it was great. I have no qualms. Hmm. Um, the the one the of the big like, uh, I guess, gripes that people have had with uh, this uh, season is that there weren't a lot of infected. Do you guys think that's an issue? Uh. Personally, I don't, because this what sells this is the characters, the story. 
the infected are there and it's literally impacting every scenario they're in it drives where they the methodology in which they travel it drives the um, locations they go to and the what makes the show work is different than what makes the game work and you don't have the gameplay aspect of this to make dealing with infected constantly make sense because if they had to add just tons more gun battles and fighting and everything else it would you'd have a lot harder time telling the story about the people mm-hmm. than you did i don't think i would have liked it as much right like if they did a story about red dead obviously i love red dead redemption to the point that it's a freaking meme right <laughs> but if they did a red dead movie the mistake would be having the constant gun battles that you have in the game because it would be right. like okay i get it all right but what i need you to do is tell the story of these people that's what makes that game so good and i think they did the right thing here that's just one man's opinion yeah they they didn't have a they didn't have an infected the last two episodes not one yeah they they had one in the flashback um, oh, in the flash, the in the flashback, the episode, but yeah, yeah but, but I'm like saying like in day, real like time, in present day, we didn't get one, yeah, which I, I have no it, problems with because at the end of the day, it's about the characters. Like Eric it said. is about the characters, and obviously, you can't do things that are more uh, uh, geared towards an interactive medium. But then, mm. and plus, there's obviously budgetary concerns. I think mm-hmm. it's more; yeah. it makes more sense to spend money on the sets and the actors and everything rather than worrying about being like an action spectacle. But I do think in the case of when you reach last episode and you're making that decision, I think seeing the infected one more time. So there's something fresh in the mind of the viewer. What's at stake would have helped. Okay. I don't a sad moment. What's that? And, And on a sad moment, Kind well, of not like, even necessarily that someone had to like die or anything, but just that there is this other threat out there that is uh, fresh in everyone's mind as this guy is going like walking through the halls, like bulleting down uh, all these people who who are trying to actively like make a cure. Kind of like the Walking Dead zombie walking by himself in the field. You know how they show that in the intro, oh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. like to leave it with them in the car and looking at the distance at some of the clickers or something. Yeah, and that that's the ultimate reason we're doing. I'm doing all this, or we're here. Yeah, that's a great idea. That that should have been kind of. He, he he looks at Ellie, and then he also sees what's outside of the car, yeah. and he's like, yeah. "I could have stopped that potentially, right. but I right, chose right, right. this instead." Yeah, that would have been cool. still walking been, around. Yeah, I just think, but that, I see, and I chose her in the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I understand that, like, the people are the biggest threat, but they are the biggest threat because of the other threat that's around. They've right. had to make decisions right. because of that. You were going to say, Eric? Circumstances. Well, it, but, but I agree. But I think the landscape reminds you of the threat constantly. The fact that everything's destroyed, there's no, the remnants of society are almost none, and that everybody's living in hiding and in fear. Uh, but I understand what you're saying, how that could me personally, I thought having it at the beginning in the flashback scene of Ellie being born and the horrific nature of this woman having to shoot her own friend in the face. Uh, mm-hmm. 
really brought that home because right at the beginning of the episode, you see this, uh, this monster attacking this mother who's in the process of giving birth. And, um, but I, I do understand what you're saying. I just don't know how they could have fit it in and kept the focus on the, like the reawakening of, of Joel as like being able to love another person without right. limit. I think it would have detracted somewhat from that part. I do get the nature of what that would equal as far as, uh, like reminding the people of what's at stake, like what right. the whole point of it is. But again, I think that the landscape and, you know, just the hospital he's walking through, it's that's mm. the closest thing to society they have. And it's in freaking shambles, rules yeah. and shambles. Yeah. And, and ruin is what I meant to say and shambles. But yeah, it's that's a tough call, though. I fall. I, yeah. I, I can I can feel that. A little bit. Yeah, I just think like you have like that scene where they're doing like the flashbang. Mm -hmm. If that mm -hmm. were infected and they were saved by the fireflies, it would serve both purposes and you would be able to satisfy that need for like a threat oh, that yeah. they're right outside trying to make a cure for. It. it just it seems like it fits nicely, but then again, I'm not fucking the guy making any decisions. Obviously, these guys are smart, way smarter than me about <laughs> putting this stuff together. One thing so, I I always wonder when I see the creatives' names and, and you see Craig Mazin. Mm -hmm. If that was my name, I would constantly call myself Craig Mazing. It's Craig Mazing. You know, I, I don't know. It just seems like that should be a thing. He probably does. <laughs> should I mean. be a thing. He probably does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, the infected network. It almost seems like that thing was something that was added in like oh, last yeah. minute. That's like, not in the game. Like, it was like a, like it was a pickup. It's supposed to replace the spore as aspect of it. Yeah, right? it Maybe. does. But then, yeah. well, yeah. But I, well, the tendrils rep replace the spores. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact that it's only used that one time and it's never really touched again, it almost makes yeah. me feel like it was something that was done on pickups because mm. it's just one of those ideas that just never gets touched again. And it's very unlike yeah. that show. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Well, what it made me like, because I thought about that and I what it like in my head, what I was thinking of is this further reinforces why the only places where humanity's really been able to thrive are out in the middle of effing nowhere, mm -hmm. you know, because they have to. The only thing that's going to protect them is geographic distance and I, geographic isolation, because right. once they're close, you're done, son. Yeah. And that's in my head. That's what I was imagining. That's why everything took place in places where that you hadn't seen an infected in forever, because right. they're out in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, you could be right. It's just sorry, it just I seemed strange because it was such a good idea, <laughs> and to only have it dealt with that one time seemed kind of strange. Right. Um. Let's see. Um. Oh, this one. This one kind of. Tell me what you guys think. Uh, like they changed the Bill and Frank story from episode three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find it very hard to believe that Bill was so buddy buddy with um, Joel, but him and Tess never at any point ended up living in that city. Yeah. At a certain point, like that's true. They, this guy had like the gate code. This guy was a prepper. He was super paranoid. Gave him the gate code, but they never just ended up just living in the city just for everyone's 
benefit, Joel and Tess would have gladly done it. They wouldn't have had to do all the crazy stuff living inside this quarantine zone that was obviously horrible. It just seems like an oversight. Yeah. It doesn't really Why make sense they? to me. Yeah. You think that, do you think that he didn't allow them to? He kind of, he kind that, of but then right. why give them the, they always had the gate code. But, but I think, I, I think maybe they respected each other and appreciated each other, but he's like, I will never let you stay here. We'll do business. We can have, you know, uh, uh, we can have lunch in, in, in the front yard kind of thing. <laughs> But, mm-hmm. you know, you can have it when I'm dead, but until then, no, stay away. I, I, th- I think he was. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it he is. was accepting and welcoming to a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can trade. We can talk and stuff like that. But you got to go the fuck back. You have to go back until I'm dead. And then at that point, I don't give a fuck because I'm dead. I, th- I, I think that's that's what it was where he, he mm-hmm. was. He, he was OK with them to a point. Were See, I actually, I actually thought about that, too. And I think, like, it, it, the way I would explain it, if I was forced to, right, if I was a creative on the show, is that what they didn't want is, like, basically, we keep talking about how Joel's past is going to catch up to him. Joel probably knows it. Joel, the, the people Joel interacts with and probably know it. And the last thing they want is somebody to decide to mount an offensive and find this guy. That'd be way easier to do if he was living there full time. Versus just popping in and out like a and that's nomad. a really good way to look at it, yeah, yeah. Because I seriously, I was like, why didn't why did they keep struggling? Why didn't they just go there and settle down with them? Yeah, but and at the end of the day, why don't they go back? Well, I guess well, there's Jackson no, uh, is a better. He, yeah, Jackson is like the best. Jackson is the spot, he, he but man, whoever shit. whatever Raiders come across that area, dude, and that that piece of land with all, all the They're gonna all the stuff up that's going on, traps, man. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, if there was anything else. Um, no, I'm not that's sure it. what else. Uh, they did say that they were going to make a, probably another two seasons from this. Oh, good. At least, okay. so it'll be interesting to see where we are. <laughs> Is the ratings uh, were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it, it got more viewers than... Um, the rise of or not the rise jeez god damn it um house house of the, the house of the house, house of the, the dragon, dragon. Yeah. yeah 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 um randy does the second game have enough to be two seasons or are they easily they, being greedy easily easily oh okay it has well, enough good. for they can do enough for three seasons i think wow the cool oh, thing god. is uh like there are there's enough for two seasons and there's so much world building that happens in that game you know how they have like these little like uh I don't want to call them detour and definitely not filler episodes, but there's like these little side stories that they'll do. There's so much world building that happens within that game that you could make very compelling episodes just based on the side stories that you come along that you never actually get to see. Like, for example, there's this one, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a cool side story that you just kind of like read as you're going along. There's this one city who gets attacked by Fedra. And one of like their main like leaders is this archer, this Russian archer who like defends them, keeps them all alive. He's the leader, keeps everyone uh, solidified. But Fedra ends up breaking down like all the residents and get them to turn against their leader, the guy who's been protecting him the whole time. And he's, well, I think his like daughter gets killed or something like that. Wow. And then he ends up because he's been betrayed by his own people, ends up trapping them all inside this one place mm-hmm. and getting one of them infected. Uh, so they all end up killing each other 
And it's a story oh that just, oh, you only God. read about, but you're like, dude, they could make an episode out of that. That would yeah. be amazing yeah. to see. You, you never know. Oh, I, I think might. it probably will happen. It seems like uh, such yeah. a good story. How could you not do it? Yeah. But That's like, there's so much that they can make. Every place you go to has like some story of why it is the way it is right now as That's you walk right. that game. So I definitely think there's easy two seasons, if not more. I think more might be pushing it, but too easy. Cool. I love oh, it. I love the show. Amanda I hasn't watched too. the final episode yet. Neither has Lorena. We were hoping to watch it together, yeah. but it's like I have to watch it today. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to watch tonight, I think. Interested to see what she has to say. We will not be watching yeah. it tonight, seeing as how it's. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, it's late. Yeah. Keith, how much you, you like were, for season one? Yeah, what'd you think, man? Uh, very satisfying. One of the best things I've never watched. <laughs> satisfying is the word. Yeah. What's what's next for HBO? What's the next show? Anybody know? Succession. succession? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. succession. What yeah, about after that? No, I'm just kidding. And then it's pastry. So. There, there is that Perry Mason's coming after that. Uh, I'm gonna skip yeah. that one. By too. the way, okay. Perry Mason's badass. I mean, if Randy, I think you'd love Perry Mason. Probably would. Give Perry give it a Mason shot. It's awesome. All, it's so good. Yeah. Very very so good. good. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So well, listen, thanks, I finally found what I finally did was just download it. I found somebody who had made a um, SRT subtitle file for the Mandalorian episode. And uh, it is the thing I was talking about with uh, Pershing is somebody when he first meets those people who are like, hey, join us for a drink. And they're like, I'm an amnesty officer, M34, so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Right. They so the guy says, you're new. You're new. And he panics. I mean, he's like, uh, what do you mean by that? He goes, basically, you just got here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you're new. That's oh, I remember that. Scene. That really yeah. caught me because I'm like, what does that mean? Why would he? Of course, he's new. He literally just showed up to this program. And right. to, to have that question to jar him at all makes no sense unless there's something else to it. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, he's talking about how you take these two um, donors and create this thing uh, seamlessly and blah, blah, blah. I wonder if he's been created recently in the grand scheme of things. So I don't know. That's man. crazy. It's because, you know, we saw a full grown Snoke in that, in that yeah. vat. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And, and maybe it's nothing. But it sure caught me that I saw it th when I watched it earlier and was like, "What?" One cool little touch is when that when what's what's her name again? The uh, the one, the crazy one, the one that that put up the the flare. The main chick, what's her name? Elise or something or Ellie? Hang on, I just saw it. Ellie or something. Ellie, know. Ellie. When she walks into the TED Talk for the first time, before she sits down, she straightens up her she straightens up her jacket like her uniform and before she does that with a dial she does it again mm -hmm. she like straightens up her jacket and then pull pushes the dial that was a cool little touch i thought they they did all like right cool well yeah baby. yeah thanks randy for guiding us all season through last of us by the way um thank you guys appreciate it was it, fun man. yeah it was a lot of fun and uh, i'm gonna miss it Definitely going to miss it. By the way, the Oscars were on, and congrats on the uh, winners and uh, everything. 
everywhere all at once won best picture jimmy lee curtis best supporting actress um is it ki hu kwan is that the his is that how you pronounce his name he won best supporting actor and brendan fraser won best supporting i mean best actor which is interesting because the two people that were in Sino man 31 years ago ended up winning oscars together 31 years later which is uh unbelievable so Polly shore's next that's <laughs> what yeah that's what uh they said that it's not Polly's night tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, John Williams didn't win, but he was nominated for his 53rd Oscar. He's won five, but he was nominated uh, for the table. 53rd Oscar nominated. 53rd Oscars, yes. It's won five. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, Oscars, nobody got hurt, and everything went well. And uh, Kimmel kicked ass in the, uh, mono, in the intro. He was really good. So I'll end it with there. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Let's go down the list. Les, where can people find you? You can find me on this podcast and our YouTube channel, doing awesome reactions and making great, uh, having, just having fun hanging out with the boys. Hanging out with the boys. I like it. Boo, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me liking this song a lot. Um, and then you can find great me on song. Twitter. Yeah, it is a great song. You can find me on uh, Twitter at the Sith List Boo. King Tom Chansky, King of All Pods. Where can people find you not watching The Last of Us? I do Patreon shows for uh, Steel Wars, Blue Harvest, Bad Motivators, The Sith List. I'm occasionally on uh, High Potion. And you can find me on Twitter at Tom Chansky, <laughs> which is a no Kokomo zone. Nope. No Kokomo's. No Kokomo's. Guys, this song is really cool, by the way. Sam Cooke left this way too early. Is this, is this one of my know? dad requests? This was one of your dad requests throughout yeah. the, uh, yeah. We had throughout our road trip was five hours. Your dad was requesting each song. Because, you know, Spotify trips him out. Like, he can request a song, I can play it instantly. So he was like, old school songs. It was a good, nice. good time, fun trip. Um, but this is Sam Cooke. But the person that says, yeah, does anybody know who that is? Let's look at my ladder. Second, yeah. I only know the third and fourth, yeah. I don't know the second. Yeah, the third and fourth, yeah, everybody knows, Randy, of course. But it's the second, yeah. It's the one that's... That's why I brought it up. No? Anyway? Lou Rawls, everyone. Lou Rawls, who passed away, I think, uh, months ago. Uh, Randy, where can people find you? Yeah. YouTube.com slash The Sith List, where we do our reactions, and Twitch.tv slash Cursing User. Nice. Eric, where can people find you? Find me on my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, and also Dinner with the Healers, a blue podcast I do with my family. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric Strollers and come to the St. Louis Blues game on Sunday and you see me playing some guitar out in the beer garden. Yes. Man, I wish I could. Yo. That'd be rad. That'd be rad. Yeah, we got everybody? Right. I, everybody? You know, Les, where can people find you? Did I already do you, Les? No, you, we did that oh, part. Okay. But uh, Bobby Caldwell died today, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Bobby Caldwell died. That's not good. Oh, he's very, he's very, he's got a great song out and he's the one guy that most black people got shocked when they found out he was actually white. White, yeah. <laughs> mm. And you know what got me is Bubba Sparks. I didn't know it was white till two days ago because Malik Bubba does Sparks. Well, I, two he, days I, ago, 
I swear to God. First and foremost, okay, first and foremost, we don't I, we, we we mention Bob, Bobby Caldwell. We don't mention Bubba Sparks. <laughs> Same. Well, the reason <laughs> why no, we don't fucking well because I didn't give a shit about Bubba Sparks. The only time Sparks. I heard booty booty booty. A uh, little bit. Uh, Miss Booty was on clubs and bars. They didn't have videos there. Miss New so Booty, know. and they did. And he's white as bubbles. Oh, I know. I saw the video just a couple of days ago. He's a white as could be. Oh, that song is great, by the way. That's great. That's and and Malik sings it. From the problem. Bobby Caldwell to this. There we go from Sam Cooke. Everywhere. Well, you did it. It's your fault. You said that nobody. No, 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 no. Sam Cooke and Bobby Caldwell are a okay. We can do that. We can do that part. You got it. The, the Bubba, Sparks Bubba Sparks is on a different way. The Bubba Sparks is a different. I'm not way. talking musically. I'm talking about like people. it's funny. Like it, the same thing happened to me a couple days ago. I found out that Snow is white. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Like you Snow, the musician. It? I'm Informer, starting to fall asleep. And I will see Informer. Yeah, Informer. I knew he was white. Oh, I didn't know. I got. I found out just hours ago that you can fit a trillion people on a planet, so anything can happen right now. Okay, guys, guys, thanks for catching us here for episode number 345 of The Sith. We'll catch you next week on episode number 346 right here. On the Sith list. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. Rocking everywhere. Rocking everywhere. Found you, Miss New Booty. Get it together and bring it back to me. Hit the players club for about a month or two. Put a tan on it, then see what it is. Found you, Miss New Booty. Get it together and bring it back to me. Hit the players club for about a month or two. Shake it freely And I don't tell stories I let them tell themselves And you ain't gotta sell Girl, it's sell itself Like nothing else Yeah, I'm a country boy But that big city bottom Fill me up with joy Ain't life grand Live it up, Betty Here go the whisper song, baby This is us, ready Put it on me Enthusiastically Whatever it is that you do You do it admirably And I ain't choose it That thing chose me It's more okay in this thing All the way in this thing Go! Booty, 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 booty rockin' everywhere Booty, booty, booty I once was a man, now it seems Ever since I had the pleasure of getting you together Your chest is just whatever I found a buried treasure Yes, ma'am, here's the plan Meet me over yonder, okay, don't play I'll bring the whoop whoop, you bring your cookbook And I'ma fix that stuff up, everything is good, good Booty, 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 booty rockin' everywhere Booty, 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 booty rockin' everywhere Booty, 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 booty rockin' everywhere Rockin' everywhere, rockin' everywhere I found you this new Bring it back to me. Hit the players club for about a month or two. Put a tan on it, then see what it is. I found you this new booty. Get it together and bring it back to me. Hit the players club for about a month or two.
Get it right, get it right, get it tight.